You are listening to Thursday Nights, episode 45. just been pulled out of the past <sighs> from your post-mortem bodies. Back to the future. Post-mortem? Yeah. Yeah. They were dead. Our bodies were dead? Your yeah, body died. You are killed. Yes. Oh. Don't you remember? My specific one was I was hit by a giant guy oh, and then my guts split open and dumped all over the ground and my dying breath no, no, no. Brandis was live! And then I... You did my really good death. I liked you. That was great yes. death. Each of me, I was stubborn. Each of your host bodies were slaughtered one by one sort of by the lich and me. his armies. Yeah. Upon finding the last of the life force pulled out, uh, draining from your bodies, you felt your spirits removing themselves from the bodies, falling upwards into whatever exists afterwards, which none of you have experienced yourselves. When then. Suddenly, a tug on your very soul as you felt your soul being pulled through time as you took your next breath, breathing deeply in your home bodies. Original In your forms. original home forms bodies. as you in opened your eyes and awoke on the airship. Right now, Hugh, Aurora, Ren, and Daemon, that's everybody but Brandis, have awoken on the airship as you see Heptos sitting nearby Halo glowing bright white as he is holding his hands out you see swirling white energy moving around all of you as he does not say a word appears to be deep in concentration Uh. Dim feels extremely like lethargic like just like like he's moving through like a very heavily viscous fluid he kind of like goes to move and it's like limbs don't really respond he's still very out of it Hugh is like emotionally drained he has just like thought he was going to die died and now is still here <laughs> uh, so he is just kind of I don't know very very I don't know feels heavy feels weary mentally and is sort of taking a minute to I don't know, catch his breath, you could say. Come to grips with what has just happened. Um, Aurora, I guess, in contrast, is feeling much, much like how you feel after you wake up from a really uh, intense nightmare. You know, your heart's racing, your... All the memories are still really fresh, and it's like, yeah, that really didn't happen, but it kind of did, in this case. And just that, that, um, that sensation of being back but carrying uh, the, the stress of that situation she, she wakes up you know eyes pop open and her heart's just going and she's like slowing it down and then seeing you guys already really relaxed <laughs> perhaps <laughs> but. less relaxed more exhausted 
Ren is quite relieved right now. He didn't really lead on to it or tell you guys much about what he was thinking, but he was kind of worried when he was fighting as Zavis, and when it became apparent that we were probably not going to win this battle, uh, just kind of the thoughts of, wow, I really wish I was more prepared because I could be going to hell right now. And But he was kind of curious too because, well, I'm not Ren anymore, now I'm Zavis. Does that mean I still go to hell? Could this be like a loophole that I just found? But, uh, so when, when, because if you guys remember, he got knocked out and didn't die flat out right away. And when he got knocked out, he was just kind of like, as he fell to the ground, he thought, well, this is it, I guess it's time to find out what's going to happen. And when he woke up, and he's sitting there in front of everybody, and Heptos and all that, it was just a huge kind of sigh of relief, like, huh, I still have some more to, (laughs) yeah, I'm in hell. Um... But maybe he has some more time to kind of figure out what he's going to do or how the whole thing is going to work. And as he stands up, he uh, he notices that he is much lighter on his feet than he is used to because for the last two days of his reckoning, getting up when you're a dragonborn takes a fair amount of energy to actually stand up. And when he went to get up, yeah, he was tired and he was sore, but he was like, wow, I forgot, I am a lot smaller than in that other body I was in. And so he kind of stands up, and and much like he did when he first went into Zavis's body, he kind of stands up and moves around to kind of get used to his old skin again and and get his bearings. How tall is Ren? He's short even for a gnome. He's only That's like right. three... Short he's like three-two or something. Teeny guy. Wow. That's like kindergartner size. Really, so when we talk about like we're running like here, you can pick and them like exaggerating like. All right, like who's the first to speak? Rand says, "Whoa, that uh, that was intense." Didn't go the way I was expecting it to. Did we all make it? Looking around, you see the four of you, but Brandis is missing. Is where's Heptos? Heptos is there uh, in the midst of what looks to be a ritual. There's white swirling energy standing around where you guys were. I mean, you guys all came in kind of just like laying on the uh, on the deck, and he's got just this massive swirl of energy there. Huh. Ren recommends to the group that they don't bug Heptos right now because being a ritual caster, he knows kind of what's involved and says, uh, while he's in the middle of this, I suggest we not... Interrupt him. Whatever he's doing, it's important. But can we Just help him? Let him go. Demon. Maybe you could help him. Uh, I'm tired. Just then, you see Heptos flinch and uh, and kind of move his arms as if he is wrestling with something, and you see the energy spasm and start to almost focus in on a point in space. Dalman is happy to be free of the maniac Fearin, whom he has battled at times over the last couple of days, and he, uh, <clears throat> he, uh, not, see, seeing that Brandis is not yet there, asks if, uh, I guess Chalrena was, was there towards the end too, he says, does this mean that Brandis lived? Did he make it? He was, he said he did. Yeah. I mean, obviously, right? 
You see, see, right? it was a grim, it was a grim it right, conflict. It's not here now. You see on the deck of the airship, many people starting to run out onto the deck and stand there in complete silence as they are pointing. You see them all look at each other as none of them say a word. The halflings. Hello, weirdos. You see Grosh. Like it's a freaking show. Ren says, "What's everybody staring at, Grosh?" And then, and then you and you see them go. Ren stops for a second and takes a look around to see if they're looking at something that's not them. You see that they are all just kind of watching your group with Heptus there. Q sort of looks around and he sort of looks at what Heptus is doing and, uh, as sort of a mild reflex, he tries to like see if he can figure out what he's doing and then just blanks. All the things that he, all the arcane knowledge that he had access to <laughs> while he was in the body of Taladar is uh, it's like memories that you once had or things that you forgot. Like math class that you, well, that's uh, keeping it. Mm. More, more, it's like it's a, much like the thing. It now is all things that like Ren had told him before of various arcane things of which he had now forgot. So it's now Aww. yes, he's heard of something vaguely, but he doesn't know how it connects again. Just Ren then looks at Rocco. You see, Heptos's head jerk back as he is holding his hands out, and you see as if he is wrestling with something physical as he is pushing down, pulling back as the energy focuses itself down onto a single point, and then suddenly in a bright burst of light and electricity, or light and lightning, shoot out from it, and you see the body of Brandis appear out of thin air and fall to the ground in a thud in his armor. And then, finally, Heptos' eyes open, and you see the energy around you dissipate. Ball bearded Brandis wow. or regular Brandis? Brandis, you're used to. Okay. Damon is re- uh, reminded of their struggle to bring back Melek's corrupted soul from the Netherworld okay. as he sees Hector's battling in such a manner. And uh, looks to see if Brandis is conscious. Ren looks at Rocco, who is also standing you conscious. Over. Ren's, er, Rocco's standing on the deck, too, just kind of looking at everyone. I think, can Rocco be up there? Uh, yes. Yeah. And looks at him, because he's friends with Rocco. They hang out, and they cook together. And he yeah, says... Guys, he says, barbecue. Rocco, how long are we gone? <laughs> he says to Rocco, standing in the back. Yeah. For sure. Because nobody else will talk to him. They're all just standing there. He tried talking to Grosh, and nobody said anything. Hey, Rocco's a good, legitimate source. Ask Rocco. As Ren says this, immediately uh, after Brandis appearing, you see the silence in the crowd all of a sudden disappear into a roar of cheering and screaming as all the halflings and uh, and crew start running over to you all and uh, start handing out hugs and cheering for Heptos, who appears more tired than perhaps anyone you have seen as he has fallen to his knees and uh, and seems to be struggling to breathe. My people. 
Brent does a field check on Hectos. <laughs> to try to Rocco tries to answer, but he stands back and his voice is just uh He says something, crowd. but you can't hear him. Yeah. Ren goes over to Heptos and puts his hand on his shoulder since Heptos is kind of kneeling down on the on the deck and tries to transfer some of his own arcane energy and stuff into Heptos to try to charge his battery. Give him like a little something I mean, something. And he does. And when he does, you see Heptos take in a deep breath as he gets back up off his knees and stands up. He looks around and he says, Give them room. And everyone immediately backs off and lets him speak. And he says, He says, I'm glad you are all back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that was wild. He saved our lives. Wow. He said more than that. <laughs> he says, perhaps ironically, it was uh, it was your deaths that saved you. Damon says, then we did die. That's what it felt like. He says, we've been trying for quite some time to pull you back. He says, I have been reaching through the very fabric of time to reach into your misplaced souls to bring you back, but. When your souls linked with those bodies back in 1195, it was difficult to pull it away. He says the bi- the binding was too strong. It appears Hold that on. when you're wait wait and then <laughs> he stops and looks at Aurora. 1195 is how long ago? He says approximately 300 years. Brand looks at Brandis and says, "Holy hell! Two hundred and eighty years. You got some splaining to do." Wait, that's very different from the fifteen to twenty. Yeah, I'm expecting. And he says, "Did you not know what year you were in?" Uh, we weren't even entirely sure where we were. Yeah, Brand looks at Brandis asked. and says, "We were given a ballpark, but a apparently we weren't ballpark. even in the right country." I think you're thinking of century? Yeah. No. Damn, uh, remembers how much Brandis couldn't remember. And kind of like, That makes you incredibly said. old. Brandis is not awake. Why don't you look at me? Well. Look there. It makes Brandis incredibly old. Is he dead? He's not dead. Heptos just says, impossibly old. Impossibly old. And then he just kind of looks at Brandis, and he stops. But you're a deva, you're a so... When your bodies died, the link to your, uh, to your proper souls appeared to have been severed, and my constant pulling on the souls seemed to have pulled them back from the brink and brought them back here. He says, it is perhaps fortunate that you were put into a time shortly before the deaths of those bodies. Yeah, and fortunate. Says, fortunate for us. Ren says, you still haven't answered the question. How long have we been gone in this time? Well, it, we experienced two days Yeah, how long has worth it been of here? time. Well, we know it was a long time. It was like a month when he made contact, when you made contact with us before. He looks, he says, yes, and that was one month ago. <clears throat> so it's two been months. two months? Yeah. He nods, almost... Does that mean we have, like, four months like to get this done? Like he doesn't want to admit it. And he says, he says, yes, it's been two months since you disappeared. I'm not sure, yeah. Ren, in a half-joking manner... Well, he's completely joking, but he says, Come! 
Two months, Eptos. You need to bone up a little bit. <laughs> he just... Trust uh, <laughs> He gets a, a little on smirk on his face, and he says, uh, he says, I didn't think I would need to ever use this sort of magic. Ren says, of course you know I'm kidding. That was ridiculously awesome. Damon says, well, then we better get going, and tries to take a step and goes, ah, and like, kind of weak knees, like, buckle a little bit, and holds on to the mask, and he's like... Yeah, hold on there. Rocco, some food. <laughs> Even just saying that barely under your breath, yeah. Rocco and a couple halflings all of a sudden just awesome. run off to under deck. Where's that? Earth? Where's Cass Dunlin? Somewhere. <laughs> uh, just looking back, you can see him. I mean, you're on the deck of the ship. You can see him in the helm's room. So the damn one can't really walk over them. He, like, beckons for Kaz to come out. Kaz looks over, and he points to, uh, to someone else, in, uh, to one of the halflings in the, uh, in the helm's room, and, or whatever that room is called where the wheel is. And, uh, wheel. and you see him grab the wheel as Kaz strides out. And just as he walks across the deck, uh, the crowd makes a, uh, you know, leaves him a gap to walk through as he just says, Yar, I'm glad you're back. Ren says, Yar, glad to be back. Damon says, uh, Is he, he says, a- I never had the chance to thank you for some of that crazy flying back at the Planner Observatory. He says, uh, he says, the best there ever was. Then, like, a very too long of a pause, and then, Yar! <laughs> He kind of grimaces when you say this, and he says, Yar, not good enough. He says, uh, he says, is the ship damaged, or...? Looking around, you see that the ship appears to be uh, in good repairs, but you notice that a lot of the faces that you're seeing are new faces. Oh, shit. The Genasi brothers? You see them there. Yes! Everything's okay. There's a lot of new hats. Half of Zahara is, the, is dead. The other half is kicking twice as much ass. <laughs> and Frida's still going. Yeah. But not forgotten. Frida. That was just like two days ago. Basically. pipes up and says... <laughs> time to adjust. Yes. Clethen told us of Frida's sacrifice. Oh. Clethen! What happened to Clethen? Ren speaks up. And you see him standing there in the crowd. <laughs> and he looks and says, Clethen! What the F? Where have you been? He says, I've been here assisting in uh, in getting you back. Assisting how? <laughs> wow. Amazing. He says, much has happened since you left. Perhaps you need to collect yourself. Ooh. <laughs> I will collect Damn myself. Damn is laughing. Laughing, but not laughing. Damn is laughing. Wow. So Brandis is still just knocked out on the on the on the deck of the Me. ship and we're all ignoring him. Thanks. <laughs> Damn tells a halfling oh, uh, to bring yeah. water. And to, you and to douse this yeah. this lazy uh this lazy uh yeah, like, guys, he's still passed out. We Cube goes over to him, him and like, checks him over to see if he's injured okay. or whatever. If I mean maybe a wrath Hit him with a fireball before knocking him, zapping him with white stuff. So he's just the body, dead and zapped in time or something. Sent my dead body back in the past. You got the body back. That's it. Friend says, "Is he? You know, whole? When he wakes up, I've got a few questions for Brandis. Yeah. Nasty. 
Go ahead. <clears throat> Brandis, um, <clears throat> suddenly his eyes burst open uh, with uh, that look, uh, a look that uh, you had all had just moments before um, of kind of confusion and, and getting your getting your bearings again. Uh, and he opens the camera, looks around, and kind of looks like, you know, like he'd just been hit over the head kind of thing, kind of dizzy. And looking around, and suddenly, as he takes in his surroundings and realizes, uh, and you can see him kind of drinking in, like, where he is, and, uh, and clearly when he is, um, <clears throat> he suddenly, uh, there's a great scowl on his face and stands up quickly and, uh, <clears throat> and just screams, No! And, um, and looking around, seeing the, the ship and the, uh, and the halflings and, and your faces as well. He sees you guys, um, <clears throat> says, um, I need more time! Ah! And just, um, we're back, we made it back! And, um, and comes over to a, to a table that has some of the, some supplies on it and smashes his hands down on it. It's one of these, like, thick, like, heavy, like, Oops. oak kind of things. And smash it just, like, with his fists. Just kind of, like, not, you know, no finesse. Not just, like, oh, I need to get some stress out. But, like, smashes it, like, two or three times before it splits and splinters underneath. And not snapping all the way in half. And he throws it over and, um, and kicks some, uh, some, some supplies. A bag, you know, a pile of ropes just kicks them and sends them flying across the, the deck. And, um... Make it a mess. And just makes a mess. And, uh... And just, just the halflings just give him a huge, wide berth. Because, um... They're the, afraid of this, him. This is not a side of Brandis uh, that you, you guys have seen. It's not mm-hmm. the... Even, even like, the battle rage kind of, uh... Uh... The battle cry of Brandis, which is never really a rage. Like, that's the thing that you guys... that he, And he's talked about, that, that the, um... You know, intimidation in the middle of a battle is not about, um... You know... Surrendering yourself to, to, to bloodlust, it's you know, it's intentionally what his his scream, his battle cry is is not a. Uh, this is not that. Though. Not a loss of control. This it is a song. And, yes, it is a song of power, and um, and this is not that. This is uh, this is that rage, that side of him that uh, that he always you know talks about being like a point of like weakness of losing control, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's quite. Intimidating. <laughs> Ren. That's enough for me. Let's calm him down. Ren walks up to Brandis and doesn't touch him or anything because Brandis is obviously raging right now. But says to him, he's with a, a very high diplomacy check because he's very diplomatic, and he's kind of scary too, he says to him firmly, You need to calm down. There are things to discuss. Um, and you see, Brandis is. Um, <clears throat> He doesn't. He doesn't respond like audibly saying like yeah, right. Um, but he just kind of like puts his hands, you know, on his head and kind of falls to his knees and just looks down and uh, and says, "I thought we'd have enough time." Maybe we should have this conversation not on the deck of the airship. Hugh just sort of says, "We could really use some alcohol of some kind." Let's go to your cabin. Just then, House of Brandis, you see Rocco come up with uh, a little crew of halflings holding some plates of, uh, you can see, hot meals. 
Her has no appetite at the current moment. Three meals. So she's so she one, two, her, three. Her portion. And they come over and hand them to anyone that will take them. Uh, Hugh definitely dives in. After being that close of a brush with, of with death, he needs to sort of bask in the things that you know Shame. of life a little bit. And I'm misread. And eating Orange. is good pleasure, and that helps. Yeah, and uh, everything else will have to wait till we get to a meet. And Brandis, uh, yes, takes his uh, that's on the list. His gourd of super fresh water, and uh, and drinks just a bit of that just to kind of get some butt, but like. Does that just to drink a little bit to to kind of remember drinking in the body and puts it down and grabs some uh, some alcohol that some of the halflings and, and Rocco brought out and uh, has has some some of the strong stuff to kind of right. to get him right. to wake him up snap him back snap him back oh. um, as it is becoming as as he after after um, after Ren speaking to him um, you see that that Brandis is uh, acutely aware of his. Of his uncontrolled rage, and says, "We should speak." And walks to the house of Brandis. Fine, fine. Damon scoops up two more meals, grabs a flagon, <laughs> follows into the howling. Hera does not like this. Rand follows them to Brandis' room. You hear a loud voice shout. Over the crowd, he says, All right, show's over. Back to work. Nice. He says, Stations need manning. And you see uh, Grosh just shouting to the halflings as they Does he have a drum? scatter to the different areas of the airship and start preparing uh, rigging and uh, just yeah. generally manning their stations. And, uh, and then as you guys pass towards uh, where you're headed, Grosh just looks at you and nods. And then uh, heads on over to uh, talk to Kaz. Grosh on lock. I'll never understand them. Who's gonna? So is Clutton coming to explain to Ren and give us a breakdown about what happened? The historian of our NPCs. Uh, Say that again. Is Clutton coming with us to the House of Brandis to answer Ren's inquiries and tell us what happened? Right now, it seems like everyone is kind of not really approaching you. Just sort of. uh, uh, We need some alone time. Waiting. Waiting for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, pretty much no one is offering up their uh, their own presence. Hmm. You're noticing. Well, he's entering the portal. Brandis. Uh, Do we still sorry. have the portal, by the way? With Freda not here. That's a good question. That is a good question. That's heading down to the location where the portal door heading to your planar pocket. Once was, you see that it still is. Oh, good. <laughs> awesome. That would have sucked because what I was going to say is when Damon goes in the portal, he sees Colvin there. I end up coming out of the deck, but but uh, I spent uh, increasing amounts of time with the the earth and the soil in this pocket, which isn't available anywhere else in the uh, airship. As he as he gets him, becomes more and more in touch with the element of earth and uh, and his mysterious connection with it, so he. he Talks briefly with Colbin, who is glad to see Damon back before Damon rejoins the group to head to the House of Brandis. Immediately entering, it's still going. Immediately, I think entering. You notice a couple things here in the planar pocket. You see that much of the 
groves, trees, uh, instead of being lush and green, have had most of their leaves fall down, and it is just um, it's just dry, dried up, dead trees making up much of the grove, with some trees still alive near the middle. Ren immediately walks over to Kala to see how he's doing, because this does not speak of good things towards Kala. Yeah. In the grove, you find the one location where trees still are. Kala's body lies as you left it, along with the violin uh, sitting next to it. A quick check uh, doesn't give you any sort of impression that the uh, that the that his condition condition has worsened, but rather perhaps without Kala's um, energy keeping this place alive. I mean, it was. The grove was created by him, and from his primal energy, it appears to not have been a natural force, and without his influence, it is uh, waning. Waning. Um. That's a brand. So, Brandis. You also notice, in one side, uh, off a couple hundred feet in one direction. You see there is some sort of clearing of grass has been cleared out. There's a, uh, a long patch of dirt with a, uh, with a large, uh, almost fence set up going down the middle of it uh, on one side of the planter pocket. Hmm. Does it appear to be like farmland? It New appears to be a jousting course. That's awesome. Princess, huh, that's... No. They've taken was, up jousting. Is the hard? That. No one else is in here with you. They have. Uh, they've all stayed back. Cool. That'll be interesting to ask about later. Yeah. Just been Mental note: over. Ask Zahar. Yeah. What the f is that? Well, uh, yeah. Brennus is in the house of Brennus. Damon follows him, saying, thinking to himself, "How could Justin gotten set up with Brennus?" You made a small detour sense. on the way to the galley. Grabbed a couple of bottles. Uh, yes. oh. Alright. And Ren enters the room. Being a board for Brandis's house. Oh, excellent. House of Brandis. Alright, just keep going. This okay. is the house of Brandis. We are in the house of Brandis. <clears throat> Brandis sits down at his chair. There are chairs. Yeah. For each of you. Carved with Q things and Aurora things. Dragons. Ren things. Mostly depictions of hell. Um, and gnomes. He hates to admit it, but it's no where offense, he's, no offense taken. It's where he's most comfortable. It's just, it's yeah. like this is a really comfy chair. Yeah, it's only one with pillows. Um, <laughs> and uh, and he sits down um, at a table. I mean, actually, just kind of. Damn, he just has huge pillows. Just uh, oh yes, you like your. He has like kind of like the the cross leg Aladdin like lounge. Um, Ren says, well, first things first, I have to say, you look remarkable for your age. Yeah. When are we celebrating your 400th birthday? Brenda says, for all... Um, Though I'm sure you all have gotten tired of hearing it, I don't know. Ha ha! Ha ha! Surprise! <laughs> Cheers! Nair just says, throws one back. <laughs> right down. It says, little bits have come back to me. And in 1195, that keep that we were in did fall. And my companions 
Zavis, Shorina, Taladar, and Firin all fell with the keep ungloriously before the Lich even made an appearance. The Lich, of course, was not killed. Um, but you said... You said we had to kill him. I did. That Lich was Zaztam, and he is alive to this day. He is, upon hearing the name once again, now in your current bodies, having your current memories, you immediately realize that you recognize this name of Zaztam. Oh, we all know him? Much of the world knows of the Lich King of Fae. Whoa. That's like a bad place. It's a terrible place. There's like a lot of undead people there, right? Well, Thay. The undead nation of Thay. Thay is not that far from Narfel where Damon grew up in. Yeah. The, the, you know, the rumors and even the destruction of Thay, you know, is something that influences the entire region from time to time. So, you know, and any time that, any time that you know, the undead walk and like, you know, and necromancy kind of is, you know, involved in a battle. There's always kind of whispers and suspicion of the involvement of this Lich King that is, uh, that is regarded as not only, you know, kind of not only invincible, but of the purest of evil. When Ren hears this, <clears throat> immediately recognizing the name and realizing what a uber lich he is, asks Brandis, so we all know who Saztan is. Tam. What? Tam. Can you spell it for me? T-A-M. S-Z-A-S-S. Okay. T-A-M. Saztan. Why? I mean, I've thrown out some really brazen statements before in the heat of the moment. What did you want to join him for? <laughs> Brennan says, I wasn't trying to join him. I was trying to offer a bargaining chip to get some answers from him. The one thing that I did remember was unfortunately the one thing that I felt that I could not tell my closest companions. And that that was that not only did we not stop him, but I do remember um... All of us, including myself, dying in that battle. Very much unlike, uh, unlike in, in, in a very different fashion than what we had experienced when we relived it. The timeline was not changed. We, uh... How do you know? Brandon says, because we all died and he lived. And those were the only things that really needed to... That really needed to occur. Everything in that fort was wiped out. Brennan says, I knew that even in his younger days, Zaztan would be more than a match for a dozen of us. And that the, with the group uh, united to defeat him, I knew we would get closer to him than I had when I was with the original adventuring party in 1195. So why didn't you just tell us? I knew that the only way for us to get that close was for us to attempt to kill him. 
Priceless. But you, really had, but you really had no intention of killing him? Priceless. Not at all. But why didn't you tell us? Priceless, I am sorry for the deception. Um, it's incomprehensible deception. You still haven't explained why. Rena says... <clears throat> Was it... The original adventuring party had done their best, and I didn't think that <clears throat> my pleading for uh, for a conversation with the Lich would uh, would be a much more believable thing than it being almost 300 years in the past. So you lied because you thought we wouldn't believe you? Well, I think I would have been able to believe just about anything. I was an elf. <laughs> Damon says, it's not a really inspiring thing to say, hey, we're all gonna die, but help me talk with this guy as we die. Is that what you're trying to say? Partly. Um, <clears throat> it is, I am sorry for, uh, for putting you in that, in that, uh, that if, if you had feared that our real bodies would be, um, destroyed. That, unfortunately, was a, was inconsequential and a moot point. Um, if we wanted to preserve the timeline, then we had to die. If we wanted to live, if we were, we were afraid we were going to die, we'd have to disrupt the timeline and perhaps put everything we know in jeopardy. So whether or not we actually died wasn't really up for debate. That was something that we all had to do. Ren says, oh, wait a second. Let me get one thing straight. You knew we were going to die, and that this wasn't going to work, and that they were going to come and take over the keep anyways, yet you spent all day digging a hole. Brennan <laughs> <laughs> it says, it's a good hole. Good point. That is a one of the best game faces I've ever seen. <laughs> says, in some ways, in retrospect, in some ways, I think it might have been uh, more merciful of us if we had sabotaged the defenses of the keep, so that the defenders would have had a uh, more Quicker painless time of death, a yeah. faster, a faster. Um, At that damage shut us because he remembers listening to everyone die, and yeah, it didn't sound bad. painless at all, and it didn't take a small amount of time. Brenna says like an hour, hours of people dying. Brenna says listening to the keep full of defenders uh, kills just uh, just. You know, within a hundred feet of us, um, was certainly something that uh, I think none of us delighted in. And uh, and you knew it was going to happen. Unfortunately, the thing I was looking forward to less was getting killed ourselves. <laughs> um, so well, I think we all kind of came to grips with that while yeah. we were there. We knew that everyone was going to lose. Unfortunately, saving any of those lives would have uh, disrupted the timeline, which I think we all were in agreement needed to be preserved. Damn. I knew we wouldn't disrupt the timeline. Ren me trying to have a conversation. There we go. Damon slams down his flag and he says, So what did you talk to the Lich about? I heard this and yelling and whatnot, but... Was it worth it? I mean, did it pay off? That's a good question. It better have been. Rena says, I wish it had been. Um, before I died, before I was originally killed, before I remember being killed, before... Yes, yes. In the original time, uh... The Lich seemed to know something more about me. Um, for example, why I was there and still am here now. 
Mary says, my memories have been fractured um, and muddled for a long time. Some of them have been stories that I thought I had heard too many times and, and imagined myself being in, and some of them I just assumed my mind was growing soft in my old age and uh, were fabrications or dreams that I thought were real. But uh, being in the past, being in that keep, and suddenly remembering where we were and what was happening, um, I knew I couldn't miss my opportunity, my only opportunity, to talk to the one person who made it clear that he knew something about So did you die then? I says, I'm not sure. I certainly... How would you have gotten out of there? I don't think I did. Here's, here's a tough question. What's the next thing you remember? Yeah, Ren asks, how far back can you actually remember? Like, from here back. Now, let's not go from the keep forward. Let's go from here back. How far back do you have a clear picture? Rana says, um, of course, all the adventuring we have done is, is clear. Um, but, uh, and earlier before that, uh, adventures in, and, uh, and fighting in the recent past is certainly clear, but anything beyond that becomes muddled and cloudy. Uh, it's like a, an ancient memory. You can remember what happened, but you don't necessarily remember the day of the week. You don't certainly, you certainly don't remember the day of the week. And, uh, and many of my memories simply have no place. They seem unusual when they're at, in places that don't exist anymore, or serving long-dead kings, but... Hmm. Um, they just mix so together. have you been I, alive so long? I was hoping to find out from the Lich. So this was all how? just to ask the Lich to answer these questions? Bernice says, I didn't take us there. I know, Arath took us there. My issue, and the thing that... that I mean, at this point, Aurora has been growing more and more distressed and upset with everything. The, the, the more Brandon seems to talk, the more upset Aurora seems to get. And everyone's asking him all these practical questions, but all Aurora can think about is you had this really important thing that you had to have figured out. And you made us stand there and listen to those people die. All the while knowing that we were being misled. There... I can't think of a, of a good reason why you why you wouldn't have told me. Ernest says, those people were going to die either way. That's not my point. You said we have to kill the lich in order to keep the time stream. That's what you said. That was a lie. Mm. Says, you it was. I stood there and I told you that you were like family to me and you stood there and you were silent when you could have said something. No, I can understand it. If he had told us yes, we just have to wait to die. Underst- that may have been a pretty rough time. We knew that from the beginning that we were going to die. He said that. That's well, not my point either. We had to live. It was that some we were fighting to live. Didn't we? It wasn't really clear, we but at least it gave us a goal while we were there. He said we were going to kill the lich, yeah, and that's what I decided to do. And I did everything for you because you that's what you said you needed to do. And now I find out it's because you had some private goal. Brandon says our actions in the time in the past were completely inconsequential as long as we all died. 
Your actions in the past are your actions here. You lied to me. For no good reason. Rena said... No. I had... No. The one opportunity... I don't need any more... To get some real answers. So why not tell us? Why not tell us so that we could make sure you got the chance then? If it's all inconsequential and we were going to die anyway... Rena says, I've seen all of you fight. And no one here fights harder than when they think they're fighting for their lives. And I needed to use that to get close to the lich for just a few seconds. So you used us. You manipulated us for your own... She's standing up. And she's just clenching her fists and she's shaking at this point. She goes, you know what? I know what you are. You're a selfish bastard who only cares about himself. No, I don't know who you are. What are you, Alvagor? Maddock? Marcus? I'm done. And she walks out. Ren says, <clears throat> when Aurora walks out, because he didn't really think it was a very opportune time to say it when Aurora was saying that stuff. But he says to Brandis, he says, look, we all know that I have my share of skeletons in the closet, that I haven't been very forthcoming with with the group. And I understand that there are certain things that you might be hesitant to share with people. So I get that. But I'm also trying to make a concerted effort to not do that anymore because we are a group. So I can kind of understand it and I can forgive it. But just know that from here on out, you got to be a little bit more trusting. It's a lesson I had to learn, and I'm trying to, to do better with it. And like I said, I can see what your deal is, but come on. Brandis I still of, love you. Brandis nods his head and, um, and says... Um, <clears throat> Believe me, I doubt I'll ever be able to make up for such a deception. Though, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have put us in any kind of danger if I thought that that was... that any of our lives were at stake. Right, it says, I, uh... And when it comes to... to... Um, needing some answers and needing to know something about yourself. Um, my memory, which is still, still cloudy and still fragmented, uh, <clears throat> the the record of of what happened in the actual battle and the lich standing over me and gloating that he knew what I was came to me only the morning of the battle. And I knew I, I didn't have very much time to, uh... Yeah. Well, Darren says, I mean, he looks out at, at the door after Aurora leaves, and he just says, remarks, he says, man, it sounds like you really hurt her feelings pretty bad. You should probably think on that. But, you know, you know, aside from that, like, why, why do you need to know so bad? Says he says, look at me. 
who knows, who knows what the hell I am? Why do you have to know? What 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 is it costing you to go on like this? And he's asking genuinely. Brenda says, um, I know you are, at the very least, curious about your nature. And while one might be, and while yours might be about unlocking, um... So I'm curious. Guns are winning hell. What about you? Um, I've seen countless of my adventuring parties and, um, and friends of mine die at my side. Um, and I want to know exactly not so much the why, but also the how of me still being here. And, um, it says, right now I have nothing to go on. There's no, uh, elemental or magical or divine leads. It just seems to be that every time I die, I come back for more. Ren says, uh, understanding his, understanding Brandis' desire to find closure with this kind of thing, um, says, well, does that mean we're going to have to go find this lich and beat it out of him? Brandis says, kind of chuckles a little bit and says, don't worry, I won't be taking you on any wild goose chases. Zaztam didn't give me any, answer, any answers then. And he sure as hell wouldn't give me anything now. Ren says, that's because he didn't have me. Ren says, he also might be one of the most powerful undead to have, to have ever lived. That's you that's seem dead. to forget that we took out Imix. This is true. Um, but while and with that, Ren stands up and kind of goes like this and goes, Brent, wait, I'm just a Brent little is, guy now. Ren smiles and, and, is, uh, and, and says, yes, if if it came down to beating the answers out of Zaztam, I'm sure we could. Though, I'm not interested in chasing after a running corpse anymore. Ugh. That was gross. Ren says, but as on a related side note, did anyone see how badass I was in that Dragonborn's body? I mean, jeez, if I had that gear right now, I'm pretty sure I could stomp Brandis. Dude, I... It was... Impressive. That's definitely how good you had mighty. it. Just standing there and lobbing fucking balls of fire all day <laughs> while we sit there in, like, the fucking fray and just get rained on by undead golems. Like, it was nice being on the other side of things where I saw whatever, a ten-foot-tall dragonborn get lost in the middle of zombie hoax, and I was just like, bam, bam, take some of that. Really nice. Ren says, a couple hundred feet away. You know it. And kind of pulls one of those and he goes, <clears throat> and he's like, I love my swords. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously getting a little drunk and a little punchy. Making jokes. Damn, it's not talking serious. He takes a swig, and he says, I can respect that you lied to us. I mean, people tell lies for good reasons sometimes. I don't necessarily appreciate being manipulated, being on the being manipulated part of it, but hey. uh, if, if, if we had to fight for our lives just so you could have a conversation with a guy, maybe, wouldn't, we, maybe we wouldn't have had our all in it quite as much as if we had to kill this guy in order to keep the time stream alive and keep our lives intact and whatnot. So, I maybe don't appreciate it, but... I can understand your reasoning. 
I don't think you really would have put our real lives on the line. Like you said, if you knew we had to die, this thing was messed up. You kept telling us you didn't know. It became really annoying, man. Brandon says, I didn't know most of what you asked. <laughs> Brandon says, the, the slight detail of, of um, us being killed, of how we were killed, was the only thing that, uh, that I exaggerated in hopes to gain a conference with him. And because of that, because you didn't know, and you better not be lying right now about that, but because you didn't know, that is the biggest reason why I have decided to look over this. Because for most of that time, you didn't actually know what you were doing. Brian says, the events of the actual battle are still... I mean, the the details of the actual battle are lost to me. The only thing that, uh, that became startlingly clear was the words of Zaztan um, right before he finished me off being, I know what you are. Ren says, and look on the bright side. <clears throat> Us going to that time and fighting with Mark Maddock, which by the way, I think I'm going to call you Madman Monsoon from time to time now. Ren says, I won't correct you. Uh, that could have potentially saved us from just getting exploded on the deck with a wrath. For all we know, a wrath could have just gone poop and popped all of our heads. So, yeah, I'm still yeah. not real clear as to why we didn't get pooped. So that whole incident, the fact that we didn't get popped, my voice is cracked, um, makes this whole thing, the fact that we're still alive and that we've been brought back here it makes it a little bit more palatable. Because I'm not dead. <laughs> Damn, so there's still hope for a wrath! Drink some more, and then sings a song about <laughs> their victory. Brenna says, my unique life seems to help us have a jam this time. I doubt that uh, a wrath will make the same mistake twice. So if you, like, die in a fire horribly somewhere, should we just, like, Keep an eye out for you showing up again or something. Brandon says, finding out exactly some real answers uh, about what I am um, is is that's why I want to know. Um, I won't be testing that theory anytime soon. Um, I imagine not. But um, but I mean. Would, wouldn't you like to know if when you I die... I would certainly like to know, yes. Wouldn't anyone like to know what happens? We all felt that strange, you know, tug right before, uh... That, that strange feeling uh, right before we felt the, the tug of Hepdos' ritual, um... As we were, you know, slowly floating into... Whatever world is beyond this. I'd like to know if it's a world I'll never see. I wouldn't mind that Sweet. not dying. When it says, seeing everyone around you die gets old a hundredth time. Yeah. Very well. Says, uh, Dama says, I'm really drunk. It's a long conversation. I need to go take a nap. And daggers out uh, Brandon's house and goes and passes out in a hammock in Clock Wars.
What is everyone else doing? Damn right he passes out in the hand. Damn right he passes out in the hand. We should probably go, like, track down Aurora and at least listen to her stew a while. Not, well, I don't want to be patronizing, but that sounds patronizing. (laughs) Listen to her stew. Let's hear her complain for an hour. Stewing is more of a quiet thing. Bren says to Brandis, I'm just going to warn you, I've been on... (laughs) <laughs> the ugly end of the Aurora beatdown stick, and it's not a good time. It's not a good time. It's like but she'll probably get over it. Probably, probably. I can't make any guarantees because I didn't all out lie to her. I just was playing around with demons. So good luck. But it is manageable. She is only one dwarf, really. What can, what can she how do? How much damage can one dwarf do? Oh god, how much damage can one dwarf do? <laughs> well, she's, she's hanging out at her forge, as is her MO, especially when she's upset. Do you remember your family, Brandis? Do you know what it means to have family? You were built in a test tin. <laughs> oh god. And Brandis uh, just uh, silently just stays in his house. He's, he's not drinking super heavily. He's just kind of, and uh, yeah, and just kind of. Um, he's also enjoying. It sounds like you've passed out. And Hugh I'm goes good. steps out after. Yeah, he steps out a while. Um, Brandis is uh, just kind of sitting quietly at his uh, at his table in his house in his demiplane, um, uh, because he hasn't really had any time to. Uh, Sit and absorb any of this either. It was kind of like on back questions. So, um, so he's definitely uh, he not not once during this any of this conversation has he been um, happy. You know, he's certainly you know you get the feeling he there. Do do an insight check. He feels bad. Um, Today's experience was the worst vacation. But uh, but you can see that he also. Um, um, had had great faith in the uh, the group's ability to um, make it happen to get that close. Ren is a, him. Ren is a little uh, he's tired, but at the same time he's kind of wired and awake from everything that's happened. So he goes into the the uh, he goes outside of. Shea Brandis and uh, takes one of the trees that is looks like it's dead that's kind of off by itself and he immediately takes a huge fireball and hurls it at it and sets it on fire and then with the other hand calls down the rains and the thunders and puts it out and then sets it on fire again and it's harder each time to set it on fire so he's almost having to hone his skills because it's getting wetter and wetter it's like arcane strength. And he's sitting there doing that. It's like his arcane calisthenics. And then he, when he does that for a while, and the tree is pretty much spent. Singed and wet. <laughs> he retires to his room, pops a sleeping potion, and goes to sleep. Nightwell. Huh. Hugh makes his way over to Aurora's forge, which is where he would... She seems to spend some time there, especially when she's... Moody. Yes, conflicted about things, perhaps. 
And he goes there, and is she there? Yes. There. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of uh, gets nearby and plops down in some grass and just stretches out and relaxes. She acknowledges that he's there and she just sighs and with stew together. Oh well, with prolonged silence, you know she she's. She takes it as permission to talk, so she talks. Someone's nearby. I I can now speak. Well, she's really more talking to herself, but now that there's an ear around, she'll actually talk out loud. And And she says... It's different when you're a paladin, because you're basically the instrument of someone else's will. Uh, I've been in service for a very long time now. I've I've been the instrument of a righteous deity, you know, of justice, and I guess I just didn't want to be the instrument of someone that I considered a friend. I didn't want to be their tool, you know, in addition to What's already my job? Is that so hard to understand? But she's not really asking for an answer, she's just saying it. Yeah. Throws more rocks into the fire. And she stares at it. <laughs> She knows it's gonna... <laughs> she'll have to take him out in a minute. But she does it anyway. He just kind of sits there and listens. Before long, who's outside? Damon's outside, sleeping in his hammock. Outside the sh- outside the portal, or like? Uh, I meant outside of the in the open the room in the open uh, yeah. in the planar pocket. Yeah, you notice Heptos has entered into the planar pocket. Looking around, and uh, he approaches whoever is closest. Who is it? I'm sleeping in the forest. Ah, okay. In the hammock. Sleeping in the forest. Where's Brandis? She's in the house. He walks over to Hugh. Before Heptos says anything, he says, You saved my life. Uh, I will be forever in your debt. If you ever need anything, just ask. Wow, a favor from Hugh. He looks right back at Hugh and he says, I'll take you up on that. Stop a wrath. Amazing. Yes. What a compound. No, fucking amazing. That's totally Heptos. He says, when you all are ready, uh, sooner rather than later, he says, we have to discuss what to do next. Damon's pretty drunk, but I imagine (laughs) we could probably rouse him. He cracks a smile. He's pretty drunk. (laughs) This is all all very true. Is there any magic that can... Insta sober someone up. Oh, there's gotta be. I can try fastidious versus see if it'll clean the alcohol. Alcohol is both technically you know, poison. Yeah. And at this level, yeah, really good. And that's why dwar- that's why dwarves are are so good at drinking because yeah. they have a resist to poison. Could I, I grant him a heal check to give him a saving throw? <laughs> All of that is completely up to the person receiving the saving throw. Should we have to take that throw? 
All right. Oh, I'm to get drunk. He says, uh, he says, so, and then he looks around, he sees Aurora with just her back to him. No, at the she's, forge. Tur- she's turned him. Oh, she's I mean, turned. She's, she's totally, like, listening to what he has to say. Oh, then he, he looks and he says, he says, come to the helm's room. He says, when you are ready. Or stands up. He says, we need to set our next course. And I'll he the others. walks back outside. She takes the rocks out of the forge. And then she follows him. He goes around, collects the others one by one, finds probably Ren first, because he's easy to locate with his huge fireballs, fireballs and lightning storms. And, and he's super a... groggy because the sleeping potion hasn't worn off yet, <laughs> and he's not really happy about having to go do this right now. He's like, we were just out for like two months. You can't give me an extra two hours. Come on! But he gets up reluctantly and goes. And then he goes over to Brandis. And he says, I may need to help you carry, have you help me carry Damon. If he's too out of it. Damon, where is you are? I'm living in a tree. Came over and called a meeting. Wakes up with a headache and goes, Mead next time. Ah, the cognac. Ah. And then staggers, staggers after you guys. Complaining furiously on why you had to drink cognac. Because you grabbed the bottles. I did grab the bottles. You, you know from experience that Damien gets this way every bottles. time he drinks the cognac. I, it felt like you needed it. Thanks, you. <laughs> and, yeah, gets some, I mean... At least you didn't drink all the Suzanne. I mean, yeah. He'll still he'll swing by and get some of Raka's signature wake-up juice. Has 18 things in it that you don't even want to know about, and 20 more things already blended and I mean, ready yeah. to go. He's got like he's got it on tap. He taps that keg, <sighs> and then feeling a little more himself, heads to the room with a wet cloth wrapped around his forehead. Heads to the helm's room. Brandis goes there as well. Is that everyone? Yeah. In the helm's room. You see Kaz and the two Genasi brothers in uh, in the room, along with Clefin and Zahar. Oh, now's your chance to ask about that. No Grosh? Grosh is not there. You see Grosh on deck, working with the halflings. When they walk in, Ryan says, Zahar! What's up? Zahar. Nice jousting thing. Zahar, you're awesome. Whoever that was. Zahar bows at Dalman's mention and he says he says Zahar and I have been having quite the competitions in there I bet Zahar kicked your ass every time didn't you Zahar (laughs) Zahar says I wish I could say that I wish I could say that you just lost (laughs) 10 cool points Zahar says I've got plenty (laughs) <laughs> so true. Maverick from Top Gun. He says, "Can you like me so cool? <laughs> the best. I like it. Is dangerous? That's right. I am dangerous. <laughs> Sliding your stick." <laughs> well, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hepto says, "Indeed." Focus. One thing that you notice, especially Aurora, who is uh, um, naturally so insightful, 
As you're walking through the hallways of the airship and moving up, <clears throat> Heptos is moving differently than you are used to seeing him here on the airship. Uh, you've been with him for several months now, uh, him on the airship, but he'd pretty much always just been in the corners, just watching, just uh, standing, kind of observing, lending slight assistance when necessary. Pretty much no one approached him. But now as he walks through the ship, you see that he is walking with... Uh, with the confidence of, uh, uh, with the confidence and presence of uh, more like a leader, as he uh, as he walks through, you even see some people regard him and you know and kind of bow their heads at him as he walks by, leading you up to the top of the ship. It is definitely uh, a difference than the in the heptos that you are used to. Hmm. Ren looks at some of the halflings and kind of makes the like, <clears throat> we're with him. Yeah, we're with him. Excuse us, we're with him as we continue to walk by. Him. Amazing. Me and Heptos, we're buddies. I've, I've always liked him. I never talked bad about Heptos. I'm still hungover and I still have to. <laughs> Heptos still yeah. bugs me, but he's obviously way cooler now. So maybe he'll be cooler to me now. And so as he walks into the Helms room, you see uh, the captain says, Yar! They're here. Good. Yar. Yar. Ren says, "Yar, we be here. I'm a speak in your language. He doesn't understand otherwise. <laughs> Yar. Yar. Heptos <laughs> says, uh, Heptos says, we need to set our next course. Uh, first, a brief thing. What else happened in the last two months? He says, many things. Mostly our attempts to bring you back. He says, the two months was spent seeking out what assistance we could to do this. Ended up being here as he gestures over. And you see where the airship is. You're actually not up high. You're um, down, um, kind of almost docked uh, at you know ground level. And you see the great deserts of the Rowan Desert. Uh, the same location at which you yeah. left Two days or two months, depending on your perspective. Place. Go. <laughs> immediately feels uneasy. That's the last time they were here. He had been out of it a bit not to have noticed this initially. It's like, why are we still here? Not Wouldn't here. a wrath of? I mean, he says after the attack, something happened to a wrath. Perhaps activating the crown. Perhaps having to activate the crown more times than he had originally planned as he looks at Aurora. He says, he says it, it seemed to almost kill him. As they carried his body and whisked him away quickly. So he's perhaps dead and there's no problem with Fearing him. our retaliation while he was weak. Most of them retreated, uh, but several of them stayed behind. We lost many men, but we managed to come out victorious in that battle. Of course, we fled far from this location, but eventually had to return as it became clear that we had to be here in order for the magic to work. Oh, similar... I remember doing something on our end, trying to go where we had first encountered you and us being there to try and get a link of what was going on. And this... It, it starts... He can't, he can't even really remember why he thought that was a good idea now. <laughs> And says, you guys puts his hand on, on Hugh's shoulders and says, Easy there, big fella. And it says, you, guys, you truly are the bravest and most courageous fighters. He says, The odds were overwhelming. You can only imagine the ferocity of the battle that must have ensued. He says, uh, gives the 
the ship a pat and says, I can't believe she's still together. He says, uh, he says, about a week ago, a messenger came with a message for you. From who? He says, a good question. Uh, he said that his name was Ivan the Messenger. Appropriate. Curious looking man. Goggles. Winged boots. He says, he gave us a message. The new Emascari Republic's king beseeches you for an urgent meeting. Emascari Republic's king. Then That's not... Is that deep Emascar or high Emascar? Or upper Emascar? new Emascar. The one above ground. Uh, he says... The message came from High Amaskar, from Skyclave. He says, I asked for more details, but he said, if I recall correctly, I wasn't paid for a question and answer session, and then he left. Sounds like a professional. Or a dick. A professional messenger dick. dick. Well, it is good news that there's someone left in High Amaskar, but... To have reorganized so quickly without the without incurring any sort of uh, of a wrath's uh, attention. Well, it's a republic now, wasn't it? Like a kingdom before. But there's a king yeah, of the but... republic. What? Did, did the ruler was an empress. Empress, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the no, but the note said, "What? Who summoned us again?" The Sorry. new Amaskari Republic's king beseeches you for an urgent meeting. Okay, I guess it's a king still. Hmm. It's, it's, uh... Don't for kings? Maybe they're confused about how government works. What order Republic is. Hmm. That's that was the only talk. message. He wants to talk to us. That's not much to go on. <laughs> Damn it. He says, we of course did not tell the messenger of uh, what your current situation was. We could only stay here and continue our work. Yeah, I'll, if we're going, to if we're going to a We better. It might help caution. us out because. Uh, well, how, who would know to even contact us? Find us. I think. Yeah. Didn't we leave some kind of? Well, no, maybe that was. I remember last time we were in a We were thinking of telling them what was going on, but I don't think we ever did. Bottom line is, whoever is in charge in a now has the resources to find us at least once. So we should probably at least follow up on it. Did we tell that bar what was going on? I don't know. I don't think we told them that we have a giant flying magical airship. Well, no, I mean, but at least about, you know, Arath and the Academy and him being the cause. You did not. No? Uh, When you you were last in Skyclave, you were especially tight-lipped about your mission because it was... Uh, mostly unknown, and the next time you return to Skyclave, pretty much, except for a sh- very short stint, was uh, when it was in chaos. Yeah. yeah. Ren says, "Well, I don't know. Aurora was quite enamored with that bar, and she could have let something slip and not remember." lips sink hey. airships. <laughs> hey, oh well. Did you really say that? I really hope you did. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be sinking you in a minute. <laughs> Damon says, well, well, Diva Mascar still lies in the clutches of a wrath, and if we're going to stem the flow of innocent blood, finding out what's going on in uh, in uh, High Mascar may give us some clues as to how to, uh, to proceed. It's on the way anyway. The captain just says, Yar, that's what I've been waiting for. Yar! Yar! And he says, Yar. hoist the 
airship. <laughs> and you hear the command repeated outside as Grosh starts yelling commands loudly, and the airship begins to move. Music. That's what I was waiting for. As the airship takes off, quickly approaching its maximum speed towards Skyclave. It's a fast ship, too. So fast. How much time do we have before the planner alignment? Four months. It's go time. How much line? Four months? months. She's right. And it was going to take six months to get to give Mascar? That's correct. Yep. Something like that. We need a secret special round! It'll take a few days to get to High Mascar. It's not that far away. Yeah. Jousting! Timekeeper! Yeah. You are keeping track of time, right? That's more or less. Alright. How many weeks? You ready to joust? Take a couple days. Oh, thank you. Let's take a roll. Do it! On what? Joust. Oh. Wait, so hang on. Before you start jousting, we we just jousted. Right then. It was a running punch joust. Let us recall. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you gotta hesitate when you're jousting. As you exit the helm's room, course set in. Halflings all working on whatever they have to work on on a airship with tying knots, knots untying knots, pulling, pulling on knots. Sparking. You call knots. that a You knot. start to realize that Grosh is having them just undo things and redo things to keep them in practice. Yeah. Because Grosh is incredible. He's a genius. And Tying knot is now, you tie a knot, rip it off, retie it. Rip it off, tie it off. Ren hears one of the halflings <laughs> muttering <laughs> under his breath about how Grosh is being a little bit hardcore and unfair. And he immediately corrects him and says, Hey! It builds character. And then he knows. <clears throat> Grosh throws that full of character halfling off the side of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> right, Clefton stops you. <laughs> As you, uh, as you're kind of leaving and starting to move around, and he says, he says, I have something for all of you. He says, uh, is it a he says, come, it's in the planar pocket. Last time he gave us an awesome crystal that helped us defeat the lich dragon. We better follow him. It's true. They will get us too. Friends, curious. What if so he goes into the planar? What'd pocket. you get this time, Clefin? Another. Will it be a great service to us? Do you know who I am? He says, it feels like. Hey, as he's, as he's walking, and uh, you guys re enter the planet pocket. It's a tattoo that says, I heart brush. I couldn't let him know. He says, When I returned to this place after the last time we were together, which to you must feel like, how long were you in there? A week? Two days. Two days. Two days. He says, Two days. He says, I can't imagine how you must feel. About like I felt two days ago. About over. Two days later. <laughs> he says, I had not known her as long as you, but it took me a while to get over what had happened. She might still be alive. He Damn, says, I'm sure that she's dead. He nods and he says, I have no doubt. As he, uh, oh, as he goes over to kind of a little, little clearing camp area, clearly someone is using it as their, like, Kind of like little home, and he uh, he grabs a piece of rolled up parchment and he says, "She had left this here for us." Is this Frida? Yeah. yeah. Frida. Snatches it out of his hand and opens it up. Is it read in her voice? Does it smell your perfume? Only you'd know. It's a love letter to Ren. Hmm. It's a drawing. 
What can I say? Oh, um, wow. What can you say? You can read what's on the letter. Say that. You see in the letter, which I don't have word for, I apologize. Oh. It is a note of goodbye that says, addressed to all of you, to everyone on the airship. His name has parts all over it. And it says, uh, it says if you're reading this, then I must already be gone, hopefully, having safely stayed behind in the planar observatory. It says, I've made this decision. She was planning to do that the whole time? I'd made this decision a while ago. Uh, it took a lot of soul searching, and it took a lot of, uh, and it took a lot of consideration. This decision did not come lightly. She says, I feel that I offered you everything that I could. I brought you to the very place that you originally seeked me out to locate. Got, hopefully, <laughs> this was obviously written before you guys actually went there, and it says, hopefully, got you the answer that you needed about the alignment. And she says, and she says, but you must understand that it is my life's work to study this sort of thing, and I cannot just leave it behind, especially if the only option would be to destroy it. Respect. <clears throat> and, uh, and it says, I've left with Ren, uh, I left with Ren, the last thing I feel that I can offer this group, or at least him, and, uh, it says, make sure that you stick by him when he chooses to peruse it. <laughs> What? Hey! Ren. Hey! Ren kind of like... <laughs> what did she give you? No, I'm sorry. She gave me the manual of the planes. No, no. you found that. I found the manual of the planes. She gave yeah. me... It actually said when you notebook. sought me out, not seeked me out. She gave me, she gave me her notebook. What? Yeah, oh yeah, oh. that's right. She gave you the notebook. But mm-hmm. I haven't been able to peruse it. And I just remembered it just now that I had that. Who's on first watch? <laughs> <laughs> Ren said, "Is that all her letter said?" Yeah. Ren says, "You know, she was kind of bitchy when we first met up with her, but all yeah. in all, she was a fairly decent. She mellowed out person and looked hilarious in a snowsuit. <laughs> That's right. And he says so somberly because she really did. Frida. So we really couldn't have done it without her. I mean." Literally. With that, she got around. She, I mean, we would have been stuck with the mountains coming down. Been dead. Remember, in Orville's the first time, we hit underneath a bench. We really hit yeah. underneath a bench, like a couple of times. That was crazy. Ren, tell the paladins, dark time. Well, they're that kind of reminiscing time. the good times with Frida. <clears throat> Ren goes off to his little camp area, grabs her notebook, and comes back and begins to thumb through it a little bit. You see that the book appears to be a book of rituals. Uh, looking through it, sort of a mixture of things. I'll give you the actual list. But one thing stands out as you're thumbing through it. One of the pages comes out from the book as you realize that it was not attached into the binding. As it is just a, uh, a loose leaf. And looking at it, it appears... To be a scroll, a ritual scroll, and there is a little note pinned to it, and it says, "Ren says my last gift to you, Frida." 
Ren what is it? inspects it before he decides to feel touched or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> this will make you look eternally young! <laughs> Serves you right, you little bastard! <laughs> now you'll be mine forever! <laughs> no! Anyway, what? A child gnome. What a, what a fetus. <laughs> Alright. Indeed, it is a ritual scroll imbued with a uh, significant amount of magic, oh. as ritual scrolls tend to be. Uh, as a refresher, ritual scrolls are essentially rituals that have been half cast into the scroll such that the, uh, the anyone can, uh, can finish the ritual by kind of unleashing the magic that is stored in the scroll that is uh, a bit cheaper. Than, uh, and it's a one-shot deal, isn't it? And they're one-shot, just single-use. Correct. Uh, the ritual appears to uh, be related to the type of magic that Ren and Frito are practicing together. Uh, it definitely has um, uh, something to do with the uh, elemental chaos uh, it seems to be a summoning ritual of sorts. It gets you your very own closet. Ren. Huh. Oh my God. Ren says, "Well, I am more than eager to try us, this out." You told us you were going to tell us before we, uh, but did any more demon? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do it without you guys here. That was specifically her request, and I'm not totally sure what this is going to do. So, it is up to you. I will do it anytime you guys want to, but it's up to you well, to use the scroll. Why not? I mean, we've been sitting Tomorrow. here for a couple days, but when do you guys Dan want was to... hungover. And You're still hungover? It was like, the same you day. woke my ass up like half an hour ago. It's been, I thought it's been like <laughs> two days. How about tonight? Yeah, no, no, it's when you'll arrive there. Oh. We walked up. We have two days. Day, and then we left. How about, how about let's let's check this bad boy out we after dinner. slept in our bed. Yeah. Oh, I'm going back to bed, says Damon. <laughs> and he goes back to bed till after dinner. We haven't even slept in these bugs yet. It's been like three hours. Yeah. You're so drunk, like six hours and ago. And the last thing we did in our previous bugs was die. Pat's on the yeah. shoulder and yeah. says, don't worry, we'll get Ow. to it. Ow! And he says, <laughs> uh, just as a precaution... Hey, Aurora, would you mind holding on to this page until after dinner? <laughs> I'll hold on to the notebook, but can you hold on to this page? Okay. Thank you. Can I fold it? Yeah. Just don't mind it. Crunch. Forge. There, All right. Oh my gosh, if you do that, I will be... No you guys uh, will earn an extended rest next time you sleep. Oh, no problem, God. you'll be able to sleep um, as you'll start fresh in these characters. Dun, dun, dun. Here's a question for you. Did Ushehi get any concordance? Good question. It lost concordance because we ran away from our raft. We also weren't using <laughs> it. We also died. Answer appears yeah. to be no. Died. It appears to be no, but it actually is yes. Yeah. Uh, while the... Ask later. The, uh, you notice that the presence of uh, Ushehi's sort of kind of um, communication inside your minds has kind of just been this ever-present sort of sixth entity kind of traveling with your group, but only barely kind of whispering. Was uh, was not there while you were in the uh, in the memory. I know we left behind. It probably was sad for us. Missed us. It's like not to wait ten and a half years. Nine and a half years. 
280 years, actually. So let's do a quick, uh, once around the table, how everyone's uh, kind of feeling good right now, what they're, what they're doing. Ren's still feeling groggy. Basically, he's passing the, the day. We'll yeah. call it like a, basically a, kind of almost a day's worth of time before you guys are planning on checking out. Um, Ren is still feeling groggy because of the sleeping potion, so he goes back to try to continue going to sleep, but now he is uh, not really tired because he's thinking about what that scroll could possibly have on it. And he uh, just takes Frida's notebook and is thumbing through it and learning some interesting, cool stuff, and realizing that he really didn't give Frida the credit she deserved, because she was actually really smart. Because looks were totally deceiving. Yeah. I mean, he always made fun of her, and he would still make fun of her. Yes. But... Even now. She really was quite smart and quite a decent person. Crazy. So that's what he does until dinner. And then, actually, he goes to help Rocco cook dinner, too. Yes, but when you cook them with hellfire, it's a little bit different to the taste. Gaoman sleeps until dinner as promised. Then he uh, he gets up, stretches, shakes his head a couple times, and gets to practicing and battles a dead tree into pieces. Uh, yeah. Rambles over and says, why don't you try battling one I didn't already char to bits? It might be a little bit more effective. Ugh. That was gross. He's just covered in soot. So he moves on to a new tree and battles that one into pieces. So, was just as he's doing so, he notices a horse. What? He notices the horse and he immediately invites the horse to come and greet him. As he does. Never mind, I was just destroying this tree. He's, he's amazing with nature. Yeah, is he? Especially when he gets a four. Horsey. He gets a 20-something? Horsey! And as he beckons it, he sees a couple other horses uh, come from around, just kind of behind the trees and the grove, uh, kind of come around, and you hear, uh, you hear Clefin, you hear Clefin kind of run over to Daleman, and he says, he says, Ah, I see you've met them. Daleman says, Are these your jousting stallions? He says, Absolutely. Little tricky getting them in here. He says, no doubt, no doubt. For Kala, they just seem to appear. Where did yours come from? He says, the store. Ah, very well. He says, uh... The horse store. He says, uh, as you can see, I am am at my training. Perhaps it will be time for a jest later on this evening after a proper dinner. He says, absolutely. I allow them to run free as he just kind of pats one of the horses in it runs off. Absolutely. (laughs) Damon says, he said, it is truly the only way to, uh, to foster a healthy spirit such a magnificent, magnificent animal. And you had a horse once. I totally did. Bop, bop, bop. Gabe's fighting with his tree. You know, it's the shop. Mm-hmm. It's very irritated. He has had to, had to spend a good chunk of this two months building a fence because those horses have been eating our crumbs. He feels no fondness for the horses. Didn't think he'd have to build a fence in a planter pocket. With no natural Keep all the wolves out. Yeah. It's like... The last thing I'll say... Someone brings in some horses. He's like... Dude. It's like bringing in locusts. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, last thing is that uh, Colbin, who mm-hmm. had begun his training on the last day, or the last days before Daemon departed this, uh, this reality, has 
gained an increased mastery with his uh, with elemental earth. And as Damon goes to to uh, confer with him, he sees that he sees Colbin making strange markings in the earth that uh, that summoned forth kind of that summoned forth uh, the stone and the uh, and the earth and kind of begin to unleash uh, elemental powers that Damon is unfamiliar with. But and he sits speaking with him for some time and uh, marveling at the progress that that Colbin has made. Colbin continues to be extremely reserved about what he does and, and how he's doing, but they are, but they, they they continue with their elemental connection, and that is all for today. Uh, Hugh, he goes back to his quarters in the ship, where he's got his collection of small things, and he, uh, no, his small collection of things rather than his collection of small things. <laughs> He collects little things. A tiny, tiny music. But um, he 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 strips down. He basically gives himself a shower, um, and gets cleaned up, and just sort of starts getting back into his own skin and taking stock of all his stuff and counting his arrows and making sure his gear is fitted up and just sort of remembering what it's like to be Hugh again uh, after being in the strange body of. Taladar with much different appreciation for things. Uh, and after he's spent some time you know, sort of doing that, he goes back into the pocket and he just does some archery practice, picking at dead trees and just taking shots and just sort of, you know, being alive. And then after he's done that, at dinner time, he eats a good meal and he savors it and he enjoys it and he appreciates not being dead. And having a little bit more time still. And he hopes that the women in High Mask are friendly. Yes. <laughs> in the new Masquerade Republic. That's really, he's been there before. Maybe the, maybe the place is still there. It was good the last two times. Um, <laughs> and he starts thinking about that. Um, well, he's eating mashed potatoes. Brennus takes just some uh, time to himself and. Uh, He's down for a bit. He's, 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 uh, he spends half the day being down. Um, because he's, uh, kind of, you know, a t- tiny, like, it's kind of like minor treason. Like, he kind of betrayed his group. Betrayed his group's trust and didn't get, like, benefit. Like, like we were saying, like, he really does look at it as, okay, we, I've found proof of the unexplainable. So it's kind of like... That, that isn't really any answers, like, hmm. probably already had a hunch of that, but didn't, didn't get any point, and it's kind of down, but, uh, but after just kind of some rest and just some, uh, dramatic staring out over the bow of the airship, um, his, uh, his, his mind is quieted, and he, uh, enjoys the time, and seems as he was kind of getting back into, uh, his body of being here, and, um, remembering this body. Um, or this time, anyway. A little older, and, uh, a little fatter. Yeah, a little, uh, little, little love handles there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just kind of, uh, enjoying himself and does some work around the ship and chats with Grosh for a little bit, uh, <clears throat> works with Shop on, uh, taking care of, you know, like, keeping up doing some of the, the maintenance of the, the house of Brandis and, uh, enjoys his meal. And just and chats with the group a little bit, I mean, whoever's for talking to. 
Aurora keeps to herself uh, for a greater part of the evening. Uh, what she's doing is reconnecting with the spiritual divine energy of Bahamut, which she was actually completely cut off from. For the, As a murderous yeah. Well, it's it's kind of strange because in her memory, she was only cut off for two days, but physically she was cut off for two months. And Bahamut's like, you don't return my calls. It's more like it's more like not having energy that you that you normally have plenty in reserve, and so she's mm-hmm. she spends a lot of that time. Meditating because she, she, what she's discovered is that she's having a little bit of difficulty making that chain go whoom, instantly. You know, I mean, it's it's still going. You know, it kind of forges link by link, but really slowly. So she's working on strengthening that connection that exists, and it always will exist. But it was out of practice, kind of like a muscle you don't use for a while atrophies. So. She's spending that time kind of meditating, but in a very active kind of way, like like a uh, like a practicing sort of way, not a kind of ohm sort of way, but and just trying to make the chain forge faster and faster and faster between her essence and her and her uh, divine implement weapon. I look forward to when you start fooling her with that white steel we pulled from the. the Oh, yeah. She doesn't have it. Yeah. No, we we still have a piece of it. We have some of it. Yeah. The shard. The awesome steel. (coughs) She'll augment her weapon with it somehow. The steel and awesomeness. Just use it instead. Oh! It looks jagged! The shield's made of diamond, and you're just like, shatter. My steel's made of who knows what. Stab. (laughs) Alien metal. Uh Haha. Stronger than that. I'm a (laughs) dick. I'm a what do you use for the two days doing? That is a rasp in his day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a bunch of time. You see, before long, Clefin and Zahar have gotten up on their horses and have started to joust. Cool. And uh, a little bit of observation, you can see that this is something that they clearly have been doing uh, quite a few times because uh, they, are tired. they are uh, <laughs> they are very good at it. Oh, wow. Are they armored, or what kind of gear are they rocking? Uh, the the jousting sticks appear to have, um, you know, like a blunted tips, blunted, blunted tips. tips, and they wear uh, and they wear some padding that uh, was kind of strewn about on the uh, on the course there that they've uh, they've put on, but they mostly just wear their regular clothes with the padding huh. and. Uh, They're that bad. And it looks uh, <laughs> it looks brutal, and you see that they are extraordinarily evenly matched. Makes no sense at all. Hey, don't be discounting the prince. He's he's got some. Look, man, I wasn't there on the mountain, right? I didn't wrestle, so. <laughs> I just can't right. say. And not to bring down Clifton, but I mean, it's not like the Shadow Kai like joust a lot. That's I mean, true yeah, as I well. Mean, I think Zahar's just kind of a quick study in all things awesome. Jousting is not really like an efficient way of killing drow. I'm just saying that. Like that's like I, I'm maybe, he, some drow. maybe he Let's embraces it as a How many cool times new way to kill drow. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. How many times have you ridden a horse? Now I'm, I'm going to run at them with a pointed stick on a horse this time. <laughs> this is, is going to be really hard, but if I pull it off, this will be a great story. Amazing. You humans are crazy. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ren is waiting for just the perfect moment to throw Aurora under the bus and talk about her in her drow body in front of Zahar. Just to see what happened. Might murder Aurora. David's hanging with Ren until then. You were once a drow. What? He might like try and like grill you for insights. How do they think? (laughs) All right. I know how one thinks. So you guys are convening. Kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. There was there was not time before dinner to. Oh yeah, we're convening for the letter or the scroll. Yes, convening for scroll. Scroll time. It's sharing time. So is this a we're convening to be armed to kill whatever comes out or to oh, like or lend aid? I would, yeah. I would that suggest way. pretty fucking armed. Here's my final gift to you guys. Dude, it's, final. it's the last thing you pulled out. It's kind of a little pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, but we yeah. don't know what this is. And it's not that we don't trust Ren, but I think that everyone is going to be a lot more inclined to just kill whatever pops yeah, the out. The best part of this you know, is that like, Frida gave it to him. Yeah, no, I'm just... I'm just yeah. Ren says, well, don't not, kill it Not a dude, out. Not a no, dude in like, a bar and never understand it. If it's I've a quasset and it starts talking crazy, then remind <laughs> just, me of what happened last time. If it's time. a quasset at all, I'm going you to You want to go to hell? Me. Okay, actually, if it's a quasset, go ahead and squash it. But <laughs> yeah, that's... Squash the quasset. Squash! I'm wondering, maybe it's like open-ended kind of thing, it's just a portal, and then it's like... Whatever. I don't know. Let's just find out. There's only one way. Talk and clap and start the casting. Oh, this Ren. is post-extended rest. Everyone got their extended rest? Is oh, yeah. Saying? Oh, God, yeah, why is so this the beginning of the day? That. Just yes. reminding us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Any resources expended now will be... You're in a portal of labyrinths. Okay, so Ren takes it we'll and take you begins, begins to... Oh, begins to... He sits oh, down <laughs> and begins to... Cast away. Cast away. Just like Tom Hanks. He pulls a Tommy. Cast away. Describe what the, uh, you know, kind of what what it looks like as Ren, you know, as begins to cast this. It is a, you know, it's kind of a demonic... When Ren, uh, um, when Ren unrolls, when Ren unrolls the scroll, um, there are runes that he recognizes from different texts and stuff that he's read in the past. Um, and unlike uh, regular parchment, because this is a scroll and it's already been kind of half cast, you see uh, the runes that are on it as Ren is kind of looking it over before he starts actually muttering the incantation. The runes kind of flicker orange and red. Not all the time, but you'll just see one random one flicker here and one random one flicker over there. And uh, as Ren continues to eye over, like kind of just glance over it, he becomes more and more and more excited. And you can see him kind of feverishly like, oh my gosh. And he's still not quite sure what's going to happen, but he realizes this is pretty awesome. So he then sits down and you see his eyes kind of just glaze over as he begins to uh, as he begins to mutter the incantation. Everyone is considered to be assisting in this ritual. Why don't you go ahead and uh, explain that implication. what part of you, yeah. what part of you are is are you kind of expending to? What assistance are you lending to this ritual? As you see, as he begins to cast, kind of the atmosphere around you becomes darker, as it almost seems like the sun is setting, although it is clearly not. And you can see each of you sitting around here. Um. 
Aurora is actively channeling divine energy around Ren to hopefully prevent any negative demonic energy from assaulting him if something goes wrong. She doesn't want him to be the victim of a nefarious attack from some demon, so so she's uh, actively trying to shunt any negative energy away from him. Or at least insulating without disrupting the ritual. Alright. Hugh is... hmm. He's attempting to kind of like, I don't know, just kind of share... When these rituals kind of get going, it's sort of easier than usual to lend things of yourself. It tends to be the case anyway that he's noticed. And so he just sort of makes his own health and vitality uh, available uh, to be drawn upon. Sort of extra strength for him to pull from. So he uses a heal check uh, to bring it up. He gets a 1. 18. Oh, I need um, a roll. Should I? Have uh, a roll? I wasn't calling for rolls yet. Oh, but my apologies. No, but use that. You got it. So, uh, what was it? It was a one. So eighteen. Uh, the heel check. So, not being very selfish. Great vitality. Uh, he's being great, but maybe his um, maybe he's not completely back all the way yet from being in Taladar's mind, and so it's kind of the neural pathways are sort of firing wrong, and while he's trying to. Trying to think like Hugh, but instead he's thinking of Taladar, and he keeps getting confused. Like I'm going to do this for this ritual, or I'm going to do this, and focusing on arcane things, but just not quite fitting right. All right. Uh, Damon also takes a meditative stance, and you know you see kind of like kind of the elemental wind begin to kind of glow uh, soft blue as it kind of swirls around Ren and. And uh, kind of lends strength to him um, as kind of he connects in uh, in his kind of divine way with Ren during ritual as he has in times past. Are we doing rolls or? Uh, or we just hold it for now. Okay. Uh, and I'll call for the rolls in a sec. Just kind of want to get a description of yeah. how you guys are doing it. Brendis um, is not uh, a purveyor of the arcane, but um, is the peak of what a man can be and uh and just uses uh he's just a purveyor of ass kickers <laughs> um and uh <laughs> yes um and just kind of lets the um the stress of the uh the the ritual kind of the, the physical force um focus on him kind of the using memory of the um when we did the tattoo kind of thing, that there's that there needs that there's a um, a certain amount of just like physical strain needs to happen amongst the uh, the ritual casters. I kind of lets that focus on him and uh, and uses his physical force to just kind of overcome it. Thanks. It's comfortable for everyone else. As the ritual continues. You see that the darkness around you becomes more and more black as you can pretty much only see each of you and the small bit of clearing ground around. As Ren continues to cast the rituals, you can see sigils begin to appear in the ground in a large circle uh, in the middle of all of you. You see these sigils start to 
light on fire as a ring of fire spelling out these demonic runes begin to burn. I didn't know Freya knew this kind of magic. She was fairly well-traveled. I wouldn't have been surprised if she had visited the more unfriendly planes. Ren sees the runes forming around them, and uh, knowing that his companions are still right there with him, continues muttering them. Or continues the incantations. incantations. Suddenly, a burst of fire in the middle of the ring uh, forming like the size of a large creature just burning. A huge fireball forms and Ren can feel the presence of a creature being pulled from the abyss into your plane here in the planar pocket. And as he can feel, he can feel that it is resisting his pull. Now, roll your dice and describe your effect on the ritual here. Unleash the horde. Unleash the horde. <laughs> a bag in a bag. <laughs> Come on now. Give it great. Uh, 17. So that's, and I've got... So that's a 23 Arcana, and, uh... 23? Are you thinking Zavis or she? Oh, that's Zavis. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I am so much lower. Yeah, you're really God, turned into shit. Yeah, I was like... I got everything. I was, I was like, <laughs> these beautiful muscles, I no longer need this. <laughs> that's right, Stock I thought over. that's what it was. So that Massive would be a 36. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a 36. What? No, that's not right. It was a 36 arcana, and as he feels it uh, pulling away, he uh, he begins to as he's as he's saying the words uh, as the words flow from his lips in his head. He's actually um, he's commanding the whatever it is to. Uh, let to loosen its grasp on on whatever yeah. plane and, and that it's in and show itself. All right, Aurora, huh? roll your die. Roll your check, brother. What check should I roll? Whatever is appropriate for what she how she was uh, oh. uh, lending her assistance to this. A religion check, I guess. The most accurate. 29 29 success so go ahead and describe how as this presence is coming it's sort of resisting and kind of trying to as you guys are all trying Um, to pull it here as is often the way with um, I guess uh, demonic or negative energy can be kind of compelled by more positive and divine energy so that bit that has been Im- imbued in Ren's um, essence is able to kind of twist the arm in a mental sense of the will of whatever creature is trying to resist, basically provide kind of a polarity that thrusts it um, back the direction that we want it to go. All right. 
uh, I already did. You already rolled your check, so and it was a uh, it, it was, was a, a failure. failure. So, so go ahead and describe that. As he is trying to lend his sort of energy out to be used, uh, his distraction makes it so he's uh, unable to focus entirely on doing so, and the result is. Uh, Rather than lending energy, he actually draws a little bit of energy from the group, making it harder for the for Ren to focus. And as that happens, you see a bit of the demonic fire change into sort of a twisted purple as it shoots towards Hugh, burning him physically, uh, dealing a healing surge worth of damage. It's the only way Hugh takes damage. Yep. <laughs> In massive chunks. Uh, as the uh, purple fire lashes out, <coughs> Damon, sitting in meditation, you know, calls upon, reaches out to kind of the the elements of nature. He had, clearly there's a struggle between you know, hellish influences and the natural world here. So he tries to uh, to connect and kind of restore a balance, the, the presence and the power of nature which exists in this kind of like. Uh, in this kind of rugged and serene setting in the pocket and try to stave off the powers of, uh, of the Inferno and gets... Oh, nice. That's a natural 19. So that's going to be 36 uh, nature. Success. Yeah. So as the, uh, as the kind of the corrupting Inferno fires kind of like lash out and burn, uh, Daemon reached out with his spirit connecting with, with the winds and the uh, and uh, the the air that, that surrounds them and kind of literally energizes it to force back the, the hellish uh, uh, kind of invasion and it kind of retreats to this ball of fire ball of fire which is the locus of power um, where it resides. Brandis continue some of his efforts. Thirty-three, thirty-three endurance. Um, Brandis, um, that? realizing that it's not so much what? Oh, I have thirty-three endurance. I thought you said fifty-three. Just do it. Um, broke my dice. Um, and not not so much the energy kind of flowing like out from this. There's kind of like a drawing, and I was thinking about it, and like, and we always we always like all contribute to this, True. and very few of this are are actually, like, arcane, like, so even from a physical standpoint, as paragons, um, we've all been in these rituals a lot of times, and so it really, this is just, like, how Brannis contributes, and he just kind of uses his life force, and you see just, like, as energy is being drawn from us and kind of going into this swirling mess that's, like, opening a portal, you just see, as Brannis, like, kind of concentrates and there's just a low kind of rumbling, like, you hear, like a far-off kind of battle cry that he usually does, but his mouth isn't open at all. It's just kind of, like, his energy that does this, and there's just a lot more of that, like, life force sparkles, like, coming from him. Like, everyone's, like, doing my stuff, and they look over, and they're just like, jeez, okay, like, he's not commanding some magical stuff, no, like, nature, no divine stuff. He's the guy that shows him, gives two liters of blood. He's just like, yeah, come on, there, the other one. Put another one. So, yeah, he just, he just gives more, and, uh, 33. As the fire continues to blaze, you see that it begins to take form, and then in a bright, uh, sudden burst of fire as it shoots outwards towards each of you, while the ring of fire uh, shoots upwards to block it from hitting some of you. 
you see that a creature takes form from the fire. A large black horse with fiery hooves and a fiery mane appears there, and it looks furious as it rears back, and you see fire jet out from its hooves towards Ren. Then you see the sigils around in the circle. The fire shoots up to loop around the different limbs of the nightmare as it attempts to bind it. Describe. Bind it. As it attempts to bind the nightmare. Bind to the nightmare. Bind the nightmare. As the ritual continues, as it is attempting to, um, attempting to control the nightmare. Uh, Ren. <laughs> he has seen his share of demons at this point, and is quite uh, used to the heat of fire, but. When this horse appears, it kind of... I mean, he's sitting there just focusing with everything he's got. But when he hears kind of the... The, the whinny, I guess, of the horse. Or the neigh, or whatever you call it. And and feels the heat of it. Uh, he kind of, it kind of breaks his concentration for a second as he looks up. And, uh, and realizes that this thing... He's really glad that his companions are here because this is the most powerful, tough thing he's ever conjured, and he kind of wonders why Frida uh, gave this to him, but uh, he also realizes that um, any hope that he's going to have right now may lie in actually finishing the ritual, and because he's not done yet, so he, he kind of looks back down again and um, continues to... So that's going to be... Let's do... Can I do an Arcana again, or am I having... Do whatever you want. Okay. So, 20 Arcana. A 20 Arcana. Describe it somewhat resisting your attempts. Uh, As Ren... As Ren puts his, you know, looks back down at the scrolls and, and, and tries to block out everything else that's going around him and, and continue to read. The horse uh, the lets out an even louder shriek as uh, as just the the vibrations and the, the shock of it hits Ren and it kind of blows him back a little bit as he is forced to then look up and see it again and he's starting to get a little bit more nervous now and as he you know, looks down and, and continues trying to read. Healing search. Pencil. Aurora. And as uh, Ren feels this, he realizes that this struggle, this almost tug of war between binding the soul of the nightmare, uh, is threatening to rip his very soul out of his own body, and that it is either him or it that will come out of this. Oh, good. Thanks, Ren wants to somehow <laughs> convey this to the group so that they don't half-ass this. Um, yeah, uh, but he's a little kill the lips. We're all dead. But he's a little too busy trying to not <laughs> get taken back with this thing. So. Maybe Frida didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora, Ren after all. Um, Aurora, seeing Ren begin to lose some of his composure, quickly decides he needs um, a little bit of support, and she. 
gets as close as she can to him without entering the the, the circle, and she, she kind of shouts at him, and she goes, Ren, I know you can do this. Frida wouldn't have given this to you if she didn't think you could handle it. You just need to focus. Concentrate. And she's make a diplomacy check to get him to keep his cool in a hot situation. Nice. Uh, she gets a 27. That is success. You. You can go ahead and describe it. Well, That's succeeding your red camp. Uh, Ren, hearing those words and remembering the friendship that he and Frida had kind of kindled in the last little while, uh, realized that yes, she wouldn't have given this to me unless she thought that we could handle it, and it kind of you know, gives him a little bit of a second wind as he continues channeling. Hugh, uh, sort of recoiling from the fire which seared him quite painfully, um, changes tack and attempts to expand his senses and uh, just try and get a vibe for what's going on here. He's able to, to try and read the nightmare's movements to see if, uh, and, and share this awareness with the group. Um, to perhaps allow them to anticipate its movements to aid with it that way. Perception for that? Uh, like, 41? Yeah. <laughs> one was a 2? Yeah, one was a 2. The other one was an 18, though. So. Total was 20. Absolutely plenty. Yeah, and so, um, by doing so, it's... He kind of aids his perception, and so when Ren is focusing this, he sort of gets a surround view, because as we're all around this, he sort of shares his perception with the group, and Ren is able to magnify that, and instead of just seeing his own single view of this nightmare, it kind of gets a vibe as, as it's sort of testing all of the weaknesses of the thing going around. Damn, all of a sudden, aware of this thing in eight dimensions through Hugh Vision <laughs> sees that, that the, the nightmare begins to pull on Ren's spirit and as the nightmare rears back in uh, in in victory and in uh, in malice and when Daemon uh, no longer can, can stay uh, sitting in uh, sitting in meditation springs to his feet grabs a rope and physically throws a lasso around Around the neck of the uh, the uh, nightmare, seeing the rest of the the group struggling, just tries to wrestle the beast into submission. He says, "Brandis, help me!" And rolls nice. a thirty-seven <laughs> athletics. Twenty. As he yeah, as he as he catches the thing with the noose and pulls on its front quarters, telling Brandis to go for the hind parts. Brandis. Seeing that Daemon is on the exact same wavelength here, but knows he's going about it all wrong. Flaming horse and rope. He grabs a chain and throws it over the head <laughs> of the animal. <laughs> Ooh! Uh. 21 athletics. Roll f- Becomes a very hot chain. Describe a. Uh, yeah. He gets yanked off his feet 
and thrown <laughs> to the ground. Something that does not happen to brains very often. And just just being like thrown off, like the surprise of getting knocked over um, and smashing his head on a rock, um, kind of is is what is what stops him from helping more than anything because it's like, what? He is surprised and uh, loses a healing surge. <laughs> <laughs> surprised to lose a healing surge. He's like, he just like caught off balance and it's like, it's over. What? So. There's still a chain around that thing. And as he looks back, you see as the group's efforts all combined, some less helpful than others, some quite helpful indeed, the fires around each of the limbs of the nightmare tighten in as you see they move inside its limbs. And then you see the entire ring of fire lift upwards and come into a single point as Ren is able to pull it into his hand and you see the fire absorb into his arm as uh, in the end you see him holding kind of a chain uh, made out of fire holding, yeah, uh, it kind of absorbs over the chain as he is holding it attached to each of the limbs and with one final burst of of concentration and uh, arcane focus finds uh, that the nightmare stops struggling as Ren is able to control it with a yank. And the darkness around you clears up. And you find a nightmare standing before you, calm, just looking at Ren. As the fire fades, other than the fire that is coming off the nightmare. Is it naturally. like burn little patches in the dark? It actually burns because the fire definitely. Well, we're in the planer pocket right now, so, I assume, so... Ren, um... After he kind of shakes off... I mean, he's kind of shaking a little bit from this. And, uh... He walks over to the nightmare and, you know, reaches out his hand and begins to uh, run it over the flank of the what are you going to name it? The Nuba. You have control of it. It's your mouth. <laughs> is, it on, is it on fire? Yes, it's on yeah. fire. Oh my god! It's gosh. a nightmare. You're writing you a picture? Up. Just a something reference? Not exactly what it looks like, but an idea? Now, no, is it always here, or do I, more can more I, like, summon it and it goes day. away? <laughs> Explain the mechanics of this so that I can flavor this really quick. Uh, I got it in a book. Oh, uh, you have bound this nightmare's soul to your service. Uh, in fact, in doing so, it almost feels as if you have... Uh, that this nightmare was bound to something else, but you have okay. severed that connection and rebound it to yourself. You stole, you stole someone's, someone's horse. horse. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'll grab one for the camera. Um, the You have the ability to summon it and uh, and allow it to return to its kind of natural uh, habitat at will. Hmm. I'm not sure the exact mechanic or action There's a uh, steed ritual. I will figure that out. It is like a, like it requires like a little short ritual to summon it, basically. I want to find out if I can summon it in combat. Uh, probably not in the middle of combat, not. but I will look into that. <laughs> uh, Ren, Ren It does not have teleport as a move speed. 
as normal nightmares do because yeah. that's ridiculously overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> Ren, uh, oh. Ren uh, is speechless. Ren kind of bet. Well, the horse is huge compared to Ren because he's tiny. Really so Ren kind of uh, pulls on the chain because yeah, it's got a chain. It does, and it's like a fiery red glowing chain, but it doesn't hurt Ren's hand. Ghost Ren, and he kind of pulls down on it and says something into the uh, into the nightmare's ear as he then holds on to the rein as the nightmare jerks its head up and yanks Ren up and he kind of flips around and lands on its back. And, uh... I know. Dexterous. It's, it's so cheese, awesome. but it's awesome. So, he, uh... He then looks down at everybody else and says, um... Thank you. I don't know if I could have done that myself. And... Wouldn't have that turned out no. pretty well. And... Thank you, Frida, wherever you are, for Damn introducing says, me to my new friend. Want to go for a ride? Ren says... Ticks off. Towards the stable. Ren looks at Clef yeah. and says, Give me an hour and you and I will joust. Oh, dear. It flies, though, right? Clef is just wide-eyed and he says, I look forward to it. Does it fly? Uh, I think so. Can I fly? Well, there's only one way to find out. Ren then looks at Naaman and says, Meet you outside. Yes. And bolts off towards the portal. Do you want it to fly? Through. Yes. Then it flies. Awesome. What? Nah. I want to fly. fly. You can fly instead of teleport. I want to fly. Yeah, like, can I have a teleport nice. instead of fly? No, it's like, does no, this go both ways? Uh, so, you can have a teleport and by fly. Yeah, moments later. Like, boom, 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 boom. And as so Ren, and as Ren uh, is out there flying around on it with... How does it fly? Does it gallop in the air like Michael Jordan? Does it have or wings? Or does it fly through the air like Superman? <laughs> no, it gallops through the air. Michael because if it didn't, the air like Superman, so if like, it didn't, and it just like strange. held its legs out, <laughs> <laughs> it would stop being intimidating and start being corny. Backwards. So uh, as they're flying around, Ren just has this this feeling of just awesomeness. As you know, now his, I mean, he's got so much adrenaline going through his body because he's never flown around except for like when Kalar has had to grab him to take him out of harm's way. He doesn't really. It's a different experience. Yeah, and now he he can totally relate to Daemon, and he feels like an ass for always yes. making fun of him and being like, "Thanks a lot it's for awesome. not wanting to go to the Underdark because you have to like leave your precious Griffin." He feels kind of like an ass now for saying that because this thing is pretty sweet and. He, um... Oh my gosh. And he, um... It's got carnivorous. I know, it's awesome. So he, uh... Yeah, they're carnivorous. He flies around, and as, you know, Ren is... His cape is on fire as well, and to anyone else that's on the ground seeing this, it almost looks like a meteor has now, like, entered the atmosphere and is cruising towards the Earth with a fiery trail coming off of it. And uh, and he continues to ride around for a while, and then after after a well, while, damn, I mean, it's, there. it's nighttime now. Yeah, 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 totally. No, like whatever, whatever ill sentiment may have been harbored it is completely forgotten. I mean, Damon is just here to play. 
So he rolls out with Kalar, and it's all flying all night, as far as he's concerned. So Ren flies around for a long time, and then he decides... Well, okay, if he's flying around... Oh, Wait. Yeah! Yar! Yar! Fire! As he's kind of fire. galloping around in the air, fire. he then decides to... He lands on the... He dips down and lands on the ground and releases it and then summons it back again just to make sure he could do it. And... Does uh, Wyvern come out to play? Ah, Flyvern. And he... As he's doing so, he uh, he just feels his body. At first, when he first got it here, the the nightmare was kind of like Ren could tell that this that he had basically, like you said, stolen this from someone else, from whoever, wherever it was. And the nightmare and the nightmare could you could tell that the nightmare was used to a different master, and it. it kind of did what he said, but it was kind of hesitant. And the more and more that they flew around, a bond solidified more and more, and they began to kind of act as one instead of Ren having to kind of really jerk out his reins to get him to go Flies. somewhere. And uh, he finds that each time he calls it back, it comes back easier and easier and easier, and it's less and less of a stress mentally to call it back. Awesome. Better get a name for next week. Yeah, I'm avoiding giving it a name right now because I don't want to call it something like Jail. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was horrible, and I don't want to be stuck with Jayhoff the Flaming Horse. Just call it Frida. Frida. I love Jayhoff, and whatever you choose to call it. So, Ren finally goes back up to the deck of the airship. And let's go. Goes to the portal and lays down in his in his in his little bed thing in his hammock. And he doesn't even need a sleeping potion tonight because he's in such a good mood that he just falls right off to sleep. Awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Brandis flies around with them and he even has a tiny bit of fun flying. He normally doesn't like flying on No, he doesn't go on joyrides, but it like, seemed like there was a whole like party going. Like it would be like, hey, let, let's go like joyriding, and then you bring your car that like doesn't work very well. Like, you know, this is great! Flying Come on! Come on! <laughs> I feel like Flapper does like almost barrel rolls like a lot of the time by accident. <laughs> like, uh, like you're kind of like up here, you're like come on, come like back it's down. really like pull it. Yeah, that's like it's not like sudden movements. It's it really is kind of like so. Yeah, I love Flyburn. Flyburn, and when Flyburn first gets summoned, the fly. The... This might be the closest we have to a nightmare for now. Good, that's, that's not cool. bad at all. The other things we have is like a boulette. Well, like we have like we have horses and we have unicorns. I can just but, paint um, some horse repainted. Oh, you could just yeah, horse. that's what would need to be done. Uh, Jay, go for it. Yes. Also, when Brand's first summons, Flyer, many of the halflings yeah. uh, scurry away because they know there have been stories about them eating small people. They know of uh, Wyvern's hunger. Yes. So. Getting eaten by a fly is awful too. It like yeah. barfs on you, dissolves you, and then sucks you up. And it may have happened once, so. Twice. 
Do I? <laughs> I'd love to think of it all. Oh, it's like constant little fly motions. Like rubs yeah. itself. And it's like, like big, so it like, it's like it's like a fly the size of a grizzly bear. So, so terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like it crops and everything. It does a little oh. fly thing. It is another day before you arrive, Skycliff. Unless someone else is doing something important. I don't think so. Oh, flipping through the book, uh, Ren uh, through the ritual book, Ren. Uh, Realizes what the couple very powerful rituals that uh, Frida has left behind uh, for Ren to study and master. Create teleportation circle. Ah. Yeah, but the circle doesn't do anything. (laughs) Next ritual. Use teleportation circle? (laughs) Dismiss teleportation circle. Eternally. There was another one. Summon pile of shit. Thanks, Frida. Portal. Left <laughs> one freedom. of them and I had him, and then we did the whole thing, and then I forgot. Move, move, the, move the planner portal. That'd be nice. Where's up? Move the planner portals. Oh, one of those is, isn't it? Come on, move portal. Damn it! Do I see? Move the planner. You need essentials. What book? The one for the main, the main book. The well, rules companion. There's a rules, rules companion. There are actually other books. Were they have stuff for fighters? No, it's no no class specific things. What do you need to? What are you trying to look up? I was wondering if there's a printed out current version of the of my class feature, the battle wager bigger thing. No, see that won't be in here because it would never get updated on the character sheets. So, uh, yeah, class specific stuff. I've been playing Brandis for like a long time. I just every once in a while go, I'm doing it right. <laughs> I have to say this really quick. A nightmare will submit to being the mount for a more powerful evil creature. Yep. Dip, 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 do. It's Ren. More powerful and pretty evil. We'll go right through those innocents and get the dragon. Those unnecessary sacks. That was like three days ago. Um, I'll have the mechanics for you next week. I'd forgotten that this was. Uh, this could be like a good nightmare, kind of like a good drought or something. Yeah. This is the one. It's oh, it's not good. I mean, good for a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, like it works <laughs> out well for us. Nightmare. It was just an unpleasant dream. Yeah. All right. I'm so good excited, nightmare. and if you decide to somehow take him away from me next week, <laughs> I will be so. Uh-huh. Why do you always think that I'm basically <laughs> out to make you happy just to crush you? A lot of times. He got a piece of fan mail that said, Ren is my favorite character, you know, thanks for doing And then the next nice day, it was Greg's And, and he was like, his first true. thought was, this is probably Greg making <laughs> an account to mess with me. Like, that'd be that so literally, mean. That was literally my first thought. I was like, Greg, so you good. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> How mean would that be? Is it didn't have some, mean. I didn't have some backhand like way below me. No, but that's like the it didn't yeah. have like some backhand like thing. There was no like sarcasm there. It was like I honestly think you're an awesome player. And Lincoln's like yeah. it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> They're all gonna laugh at me on Tuesday. It's a lie. All right, so let's uh, let's go back on track. Uh, amazing. Airship sailing towards. Oh my gosh, it's Skyclay. Da 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 da. We're now in the Skycliff. When you arrive in Skycliff, as you approach Skycliff, rather, where's my uh, thing? It reveals much of uh, what clearly changes there have been since you have last been around. You notice that the approach to High Mascar shows that uh, the trade routes that once were active are nearly uh, 
pretty much empty and unused, where before you would see uh, Red Wings carrying ferries down to uh, to Geldeneth. There, uh, there are no more going back and forth. As you pass over Geldeneth, you can see uh, you can see the city being much more bustling. You know, you're not super high. You can at least see the people. You can see that the streets are more crowded. There appears to have been some. Uh, some rapid expansion in the last two months as uh, either perhaps refugees from Skyclave, perhaps um, perhaps just people moving in. As you know, Geldneth before was a bit of a... Um, rat's nest? It was a bit of a rat's nest, but it was also... I mean, you haven't been there a long time, but it was... Uh, they, were, they were kind of a... Uh, a rural, rural place. Yeah, but they, were being, uh, they were being... It's the, held it's like tight a by High Mascar. Oh, okay. There was that the place we caught the Red Wing yeah. to High Mascar yes. before? Okay. It was the place where uh, uh, the, the original uh, uh, gods that these that these people worshipped were not allowed to be worshipped. They were under right. the, the kind of iron fist of the Mascari, and right. you can kind of see that they appear to be kind of almost flourishing with that uh, presumably the chains that, that influence off, gone. And there was political tension as you approach Skyclave. You can see the site where Skyclave once stood is notably sparse, although it appears that the bottom half of the spire remains intact. Did you guys actually come here when the top half was no, missing? we did. No. We heard about it. No, we heard about it. Okay. Never actually came. You can see, um, yeah, so the Doesn't entire bottom us. half of the spire is still there, but this was an enormous structure, and now half of it is missing. Yeah. Like, did it look like it fell off and, like, landed next to the rest of it, or was it just gone? No, it is gone. It teleported back to Deep Mascara somewhere. Corrosive. It disapparated. You can see that a few Red Wings are circling the tower, but appear to have no particular goal in mind. They are not carrying the, um... The, 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 the fairies that, that were once there. There does appear to be a makeshift docking point at the highest reaches of the, spart- at the, of the spire, where the party... Could dock your vessel. I mean, as we approach, uh, Damon, there's a little nature check on these red wings. They look like we're gonna have to fight these red wings. Or are they like pirate 21. red wings? They seem fine. Okay. They're just kind of circling around. Yar, bring her in! Not, not to. Not to make things overly complicated, but if Arath isn't aware that we're back, Maybe it would behoove us to not waltz in with our faces. Oh. We lost time. I, I had totally forgotten about this. We lost time, but he might not know we're back. We're back under the radar. Potentially so. Wouldn't he not know? just didn't suddenly he, turn around? But like, didn't he try to? We should use this. That's true. We aren't getting bombard- bombarded by teleport in attacks right now. Yeah, the first thing we do is we're gonna have super like surprise attack kind of thing. I thought he tried to put us back in time so we could erase our existence. Yeah. And the right. fact that nothing has changed doesn't that mean he didn't? Well, who knows? Maybe he just He's tried to kill us, us and. He is smart. Like, I Keep thought, in mind I that nobody maybe. knows exactly. Someone That's said, why I said I don't mean to overcomplicate things, but maybe we should but, just operate on the assumption that he doesn't know and try to operate as on low a profile as we can. I think that's a good point. I think that we should land low and far away and ride in, maybe not on a giant fly, griffin, and nightmare. Well, it could just be 
Like the king summoned us. We're going to see the king. The airship still exists. The airship went to Skyclave. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The airship has been seen around. Keeping the airship. Um, if you want to keep yourself disguised, using your ritual of seeming to uh, to just disguise your. Appearance. I really don't want to use the ritual of seeming because then we have to stick right next to each other. Why don't we just throw on like some cloaks? We don't even have to disguise ourselves. Just throw on some cloaks and hang low. Don't walk yeah, around with our big badass armor showing. And he was the only one who actually got the invitation. I almost kind of feel like not just sentiment alone, but I mean, like we stay alongside for a bit. If you have to like go into the palace, okay, we come with you. But only like, Damon was invited. What? I don't know. If, I thought it was, I, he just looked at me very seriously. I thought misleading glare, not necessarily it was just me. I thought it was Hugh. Whoa! I know, I'm really confused. Wait, we all got invited to see the king, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You were just staring right I at me totally when you said that, so I think you threw Dan off. That. Okay. You guys said I was the one who got invited to see the king? Yeah, no. I didn't see That would be even weirder than this already is. I didn't see who he was talking to. I was just doing this. Your non, the nonverbal communication threw us off. No. Yeah, it's all of us invited okay. to the king. Uh, oh, strictly speaking, it was addressed to the Honored Ones of Hama. Oh, see, we didn't even hear yes! that phrase. I love that title. Still. That's one of my favorites. Because you know what that means? We gotta go That's around and form a Malik. Yeah. And Bran's still invited. Yeah, like, no, Damon wasn't. Uh, no, Damon was. Oh, you're still coming. And Norris Ran. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I guess it's just you two guys. Okay. Peace. We're gonna go get drunk. No, no, you guys got honored afterwards, I think. You, there is a statue. statue of you. That was a courtesy naming. <laughs> nah. We don't take your pity name. You're an honorary honored one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damon goes deep into the bowels of the ship. Where Castellan stores his... Extensive wardrobe of awesome ass kicking pirate gear. Put your awesome hat on that you got from. No, he puts on his awesome lacy sass that he got from from the uh, from the vault. And in addition to the lacy sass, no, you have the awesome. I had this great idea, so he grabs that you gave to Shop. Shop has an awesome hat. Oh, Shop has an awesome hat. Well, Damon, uh, Damon grabs some new disguising garb to disguise his very conspicuous physique. When he comes out, Ren just shakes his head. That's fine. Because Daemon has got, in his mind, the most over-the-top, crazy, <laughs> Blend in by standing out. So beautiful. ever. And, yeah, I mean, the latest, rather than going to description, I'll just say, yes, it's as Ren said. Uh, and you might figure out pieces of it later as we continue this adventure. And prepares to go meet the king. Is everyone else disguising? It's, or just throws a cloak on yeah, over Ren's her armor so it's super common... bulky. You see a lot it's like of He to mix things up, takes his cloak off. Then <laughs> <laughs> just puts on a cloak <laughs> and kind of a robe Who over his existing robe. You robed the robe. I robed the robe and put on a cloak, and so. And I wear the hood low, so it's really hard to see. It's kind of hard to disguise my huge bow, though. Alright. You, you need a stow a bow. You need cod Put it in the bag of holding. Invest in the cod uh, you can put it in the bag of holding, yeah. Let's go see the king. It's in the bag of holding over here. Alright. Welcome. Like well, Talking about player. the streets, though. Like a continental What's happening on the streets? What kind of music is playing on the streets? As you... No music. ...exit the ship, you're immediately confronted with guardsmen who uh, appear to be standing post up at the dock. And uh, they stop you and they say, What's your business here in Skyclave? Ivan the Messenger sought our... Uh, sought our uh, location to invite us to have audience with the king. Yeah. He says, do you have the summons? Yeah. 
Yes. We she has the real one. This is a fake. <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> in case you don't believe that one, give us something. We brought some yeah. forged documents in case we lost that one. Yeah. It's <laughs> Take you something very serious. <laughs> we just wanted to test your ability to tell. We like to forge things. They look uh, They look carefully and they kind of like hold, look at it, hold it up to the light, kind of examine it for a moment, and they say, Very well. And uh, one of them leaves his post and starts leading you through Sky. Chop, chop. What's his post? What's it look like? Is the as you make your way still yes. profitable. As you make your way down the many, oh, the lantern store. Oh God, I as so you make your way down the many paths towards the heart of the spire, <laughs> no. you can see evidence of destruction and efforts to reconstruct. Buildings are mostly cleared of debris, and a few are repaired enough to have people living in them once more. There is no sign of the chaos and despair that you saw before, though the place is much more empty. Just like that. You were led to a place that you remember having, uh, that was once known as Tavern Row, although the signs have uh, been either removed forcibly or perhaps um, incidentally, deliberately. Uh, forcibly. You see that the Wandering Owl Ale House and Inn has been reconstructed and repurposed as a new royal manor. Tables, uh, uh, they lead you inside and you see tables once covered in ale and mugs are now littered in books and documents, maps and charts. All around people appear to be working at each table deep in discussion. What race of people do we see here? As you scan the room, you see that it is mostly, uh, mostly human, a mascari, but uh, certainly a healthy mix of tieflings uh, around the room as well, as Skyclave was before. He leans over to everyone and says, I will give you a gold coin if the stakes are ruling. <laughs> okay. I'll take that. I, uh, yes. As you, scan, specifically as you scan the room, it is interrupted by uh, an argument that you can hear from the upper floor. But your majesty, I told you to please stop calling me that. He says, uh, Upstairs, a door bursts open as a familiar uh, man strides down the stairs to, or, or, or strides out to look over the railing down into the main room. When he sees, uh, when he sees uh, that you guys have come in, he looks carefully and kind of squints his eyes and then seems to be pondering for a moment. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, a smile comes across his face and he says, Aha! I knew you'd come, and without delay, too. Splendid. He motions for you to follow him. He looks familiar. Do we recognize him? Is he a potion shop guy? Yeah. Is he now the king? Oh my no gosh. Way. He would owe us so <laughs> much. Guy. Is it. Uh, there's no is it Orum? I know. Is it. You recognize him as Cusio the Bard. Yeah! Cusio <laughs> the Bard. Now you're talking. He says, Come on, we have much work to do. Of course we do. That's why he stayed. He stood behind, fight for the little man. And now he's the big man. He can stay whenever. Buddy, yeah. Now the, the bard. <laughs> Buddy is still a drunk glutton. That's never gonna change, guys. Get over it. Or I just pulls out her hand. He said he was gonna quit. I mean, you could have been queen if he stayed behind Lucio. What? Missed opportunities. Yeah, Let's talk, Lucio. Says Damon. And as you make your way. To what must have been the largest suite in the inn, complete with a fireplace 
and dining table, you see that the bed has been removed, making the space large and uh, even larger and fairly comfortable to stand in. Cusio huh. stands behind his desk as you enter, looking relieved. So, to business. Cusio, you, you must have considerable resources to track down uh, people as elusive as ourselves. We have some coin. I hired uh, the best messenger money could buy. Ivan. An odd fellow. Yes, a bit eccentric. But he can get the job done, so I've heard. And then you see him rubbing his temples as he scans the paper-laden desk. He says, I'm sure by now you've heard of the mess we're dealing with here. Trade routes dying up, lack of personnel, rumors of invasion. He sighs wearily. And they won't stop calling me king! Cusio, are you not the king? Because I keep trying to tell them this is only temporary until they sign, find someone more mayoral. Mm. Gildenef has already established its own leadership and representatives, but they refuse to lend any aid. He suddenly realizes that he's been just kind of rambling and uh, smiles sheepishly. Forgive me. You must be tired and all I've done is complain since you walked in. You haven't even had a proper rest yet. Can I get you anything? Food and water, perhaps. Uh... Damon says uh, that he grabs a nearby bowl of apples and offers it to you. Damon takes an apple so as to ease the uh, poor, takes the poor Bard's mind. He says, Gods, it's been utter madness since you left. Oh, not that I blame you. You have your reasons, I'm sure. Kuzio, we've, we've returned. What assistance can we lend? The fact is, I'm barely holding things together here. I stayed behind to make sure that things settled down, but with all these rumors flying around, the people here are looking for me to answer, and I have nothing. All I know is what Stoila told me before she and her team went off chasing some lead in the deep of Mascar. He says, you were the, the most heroic and courageous story I had heard, and I figured, uh, I figured that calling out to you that maybe you would lend your assistance to us. Hmm. We've done so much. Where is this? We've done so much more amazing things since we talked to you. So. <laughs> he has no idea who he who yeah. talked to. I know. He's like he's so lucky to have known us then. Uh, he knew us before we were yeah. mainstream. Kuzio, what is it? Uh, do you have anything in particular in mind, or are you are you just looking for someone to help manage things? And who went into deep mascara? Stoyla. The Stoyla. The chick who was the escaped student of Arath who was going to go down into Deep Mascar to figure out what was going on. Did you remember everything? Well, I know <laughs> that. I thought it was her, but how did he know her? I thought that happened like a while ago. Did uh, he was, he was, was Are you asking him this? Yes, Brandon says, I thought that she left to Deep Mascar a while ago. He says, know. you know her? He says, I suppose that makes sense. She seemed like your type of person. Wasn't he there when we, her mother, came and told us about him, about her? Uh, Cusio the Barton? Yeah, I thought he was in the room, like when she came to the door, and she was like, "Please help me, my daughter is." He may have been. No, I think That's we kicked we him out. Met Grok. Yeah, I think you. That was all the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you I kicked Cusio like, out. Oh, that was the room. a long time ago. Uh, maybe. Did you kick him out of the room? I'm pretty sure I don't we recall. did. I was, thought, was that when we came back to Hot Skyclave and things were like... So he's I a bard. I, I imagine I he likes to hear what's going on. He may have eavesdropped. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. That he was during the short time knees. we came back to Skyclave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, well, let's see. She showed up about two months ago. What? Uh, just when we were getting things under control here. What? Back from Diva Mascar. Uh, he says, yes, so when she saw what she had happened, she started ranting about how this was all Arath's fault, and Deepa Mascar held the key to stopping him. 
Because apparently she had originally gone down there to prove he was up to no good, but had a hard time of it all on her own, so she came back looking for help. Because I suppose it was a bit of a shock to her, having a city disappear on you like that. Pretty girl for a typhling. She had the most glorious red hair, like fire. And then he seemed kind of stare off, and he said, <clears throat> Well, she didn't linger, just stayed long enough to gather a few volunteers and supplies. How long ago did she leave? He says, mm, uh, Must have been three weeks now. The only person and by what side route did she take? Going on. We missed her. She said that uh, she had her own method of getting back there. Oh, that would be so interesting. He oh, says, she tell you that? So you know her. Will, will you help? I told her that I would reach out to anyone I could think of that could perhaps lend assistance, and I would send them after her if possible. She said that she needs all the help uh, that she can get to, to try to fight this Arath fellow. Well, yeah. we don't know anything about this Arath guy, but he sounds like a pretty bad dude. Roll a bluff check. Throwing yeah. time and all. Yeah, right. Stealing cities. What, what was your question? No, he's... Dam is just kind of... I mean, Kruzia seems like a bit of a entertaining fellow, and he seems like he's kind of entertaining even though he's not trying to. <laughs> so Dam kind of falls a little bit into that pattern. Well, every time you've seen him before, he was quite an entertaining guy. He had that, songs to sing. I know, and it seems like he's, he's really struggling... He's really struggling not to do that. As he does seem struggling not to do that, yeah. And as he's, he's kind of got all this stuff to think about, and he just he seems so out of place. Kuzio, we'd love to help. And this seems like a really important problem. I, for one, am inclined to go and find the Stoya, Stoyla girl with her red hair and... Her red hair. With her red hair and see what can be done. Just point us in the right direction. We might even have a couple of fellows that can help us get there. He right. says... Very well. She left something for anyone that was willing to uh, help out, just in case. And he uh, opens up a drawer in his desk, and he produces a small black leather bag, and he pulls out a scroll. And take a step back, and he says, Master Ren. Ren steps forward and grabs the scroll. He says, that's not quite all of it. And he pulls out something small and white from the bag with a tag dangling from it. He, uh, he then hands it to Ren as well. With a quick assessment, you can gather that it is a single finger bone, possibly elven. Ren it did do. Of course it's elven. <laughs> Maybe it was the finger that killed the elf. Also elven. It's a finger bone? The tag dangling from it reads Deep Amaskar number two. Mm. So there's more of them. <laughs> At least one more. He says, I don't know what it is, but she seemed confident that this would provide an easy method of returning to the Underdark. Brandon says, looks like an elf bone. What does the scroll say? No. As Ren opens the scroll, what does he think that the scroll is going to be? (laughs) What Ren honestly thinks the scroll is, from just that initial thing, Ren knows that you can bring people back from the dead by just having a little tiny piece of them, and he thinks, wow, wouldn't that be a trip if this were, like, a piece of some person that knew the that knew the Underdark and stuff, like the back of their hand, but they died sometime. And this scroll is a resurrection scroll, and we're going to use it to resurrect this person to be our guide. That is his first thought. But when he reads it... He sees that it is much more simultaneously disturbing, but because of Ren, quite exciting, as he sees that it is a scroll of the Corpse Gate Ritual. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> we recently had 
some uh, experience with the Corpse Gate oh, Ritual. No. Oh my god. The past is becoming reality. What the fuck? It's going to be all the dead elves from the past century. Ren, uh, having the recollection of what the Corpse Gate was like in his mind two days ago, uh, is what? so stoked now to be on the other end of this. Ugh. Oh my god. And immediately says, oh, we've got to go somewhere right now that we can cast this puppy. Get our supplies and let's be gone because I don't know how long I can contain myself. <laughs> Depot Mascara number two, which means there's a Depot Mascara number one. Uh, of Is course. it possible that from looking at this scroll, Ren can learn this? No. Uh-huh. Cannot inscribe scrolls into a ritual book. <sighs> actively search for. Um. I just, just take. Ask her. Every Kishio. time we kill someone, I take one of their body parts and stick it in the bag of holding with a tag that back. says, like, coordinates on a map of where it's going to take us to. Because, you know, one more word on the state of things here in, uh, in Skyclave. It says, you mentioned the, the threat of impending invasion. He says, what is, uh, what is the uh, what is the political situation in, in the area? He says... He said, did I say invasion? You said some sort of war? Rumors of invasion? He says, uh... <laughs> I mean, not actual invasion? Was that just a song that you knew that you sang a lot? Invasion. Invasion time. Rumors of war. Oh, he said. He says. Oh, yes, the rumors. Of course, there there have been uh, there have been rumors, but they've been nonstop. He says. You know why this place fell apart? You were at least here for a short while during the chaos. You would be disappearing all the time. He says. He says yes. The government had no explanations for people and didn't seem to know how to protect them. He said people became. Furious, and then when the top half of Skyclave disappeared, that was the end of all civility. He says, "Riots, riots, mass, uh, uh, mass migration away." He says, "Only some people stayed behind." He says, "I stayed to try to bring order to this place." And he looks around and he says, "Turned into quite a job." <laughs> Kuzia, you're doing a great job. I can't believe you you stayed around uh, to help out, but you've clearly done a lot. Have people stopped disappearing? He says, he says, for the most part, yes. For the most part? It's wonderful news. Wait, he says, yeah, there have been little bits, but people part. also just leave. It is hard to tell. It's certainly not like it was. People disappeared before. Perhaps showed up. It just happens. <laughs> well, Guzio, if, uh, if there's no other assistance that you can lend us for, I fear that even Stoila has no, has no idea of the task that she has embarked upon. But, uh, or the then, danger of the lightness. Oh. Yeah. Unless you can offer us any more assistance, we should be on our way to help, our to, help uh, to, to find her and see what she knows. He says, yes, yes. And if you know of any way to help out with... He just kind of like looks around at all this <laughs> like clerical work and he looks downstairs and he says, he says, the people down here, they are just they are just citizens trying to help. Nobody here has any experience in government. He says... It is just. Hmm. He who says, do we know who has experience with government? He says this place it needs a lot more help. Ren looks and says, <clears throat> "Perhaps a consultant." Lend your- no, you, only you guys uh, came because you didn't say you were bringing anyone else. Yeah, we, 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 may just have we may have someone. We're gonna lend for you. Prince. and now we can get rid of that deadbeat. Now the king has a prince. Hey, we're taking Zaharps down below, right? Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that would be I don't think we're going to be able to stop him. I say we leave Clef and he's dead weight. Yeah, no. Right. no we'll, we'll come back and get him if... 
Let's go back to the. We'll go back to our friends aboard uh, Thunderstrike. Yeah, we'll be right Brandis back. Says he was, we'll do what we can. You'll hear from us soon. He says very well. And before you leave, I would like to hear at least a couple tales of what you've been up to. He says oh it has been so long since I've been able to write a song. Where to start? He says uh, the songs that I've written about being the assumed king of a city all come out quite boring. Ren immediately burst into a tale of... Uh, he didn't want to actually say a legitimate story that they had been doing and talk about their things with the Wrath and the Planar Observatory, because if that gets out, then Didn't you our whole... Do it's the, the opposite whole... of incognito. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Ren immediately jumps into a story about how they had been flying around in the airship and spotted a five-headed dragon that was hoarding gobs... Yes, he's lying. Oh, my God. oh, I'm just lying. Or yeah. just walks away and as fast as he can. Gobs will, and gobs and gobs it. of mithril. And they... Gobs of mithril. Uh, end up slaying the dragon. It took, five heads. it took three days of battle to actually bring down all five heads. For sure. At which time they then collected all the mithril, kept just enough for themselves to make uh, individual the little trinkets... And donated the rest to the kingdom of <laughs> where they ended up building a thriving new economy and trade. Third world nation. I want a roll on that. I want to know if it was a good story. Or not. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You're talking to a bard. Bluff. You're into a master. That has to be a bluff. Yeah, you yeah it's for sure a bluff. Thirty-three. Yes. All right. <laughs> it's amazing. Why didn't you ever tell me about that before? Why didn't you so, wake me up for that three yeah, I remember when we did it. I remember when we did that. That was incredible. It's amazing. He says, "Was this what you were Brandis were like doing that whole like <laughs> trade route thing and stuff?" Ixnay on the Andis Bray. All right. Andis Bray. Another that, name. He does know. Who Back to the ship. <laughs> Back to the ship. Cas Dunlin. Here's the deal. Cusio, man in charge. Has having some bureaucratic problems, we need to go after Stoila. Who is there available to help them? And Zahar's coming with us. <laughs> he says, it just, help them, it just wouldn't be you guys if you spent at least 90% of your time away from the airship. <laughs> Yar! We gotta go again! <laughs> Someone's gotta feed the bills. <laughs> Alright. He Bye. says, when this is all over, I hope you can at least Spend a year just touring on the ship. He says, it really is a wonderful life. Tell me about it. I just... Every time you clean it up. Because I actually... I kind of did that. It's on the ship. It's a long story. With pirates. With pirates. Gargo. Been there. It's a different, different airship, but that's cool. The Vargo. I've been everywhere, man. The Vargo. Uh, the cargo. We just ship stuff. The damn asked for some ritual assistance. A couple of things from Ren. So, are you, who are you asking? You, who are you telling? You're uh, telling everyone about this, right? Yeah, we are telling. So yeah, as soon as you say volunteers, like Zahar, as soon as you say you're going to the Underdark, Zahar just he stands up and he says, "I'm going with you." Awesome. <laughs> Done. We wanted you get in so badly. We were in other places, like say, maybe we just say, "Get in." Yeah, and uh, my buddy. should we take anyone else? And then immediately afterwards, uh, Hepto says, "I will accompany you as well." Colvin yeah, is also going to come. Oh my! Right. Yeah, he's 
rolling. I can he's, see that. He's, he's, he's going to be the, into the dirt stuff, going yeah. under the underdark might be his thing. He's into he's, dirt. He's trying to, yeah, no, totally into dirt. I mean, he's been he's been mucking around for two months in the portal, you know, getting a little of this, getting, like, finding out a little bit what's going on, but now he's going into the real rock. The bedrock. And Cleppin... The bedrock. Has a consultation job. Different. Is Cleppin... Are we going to have Cleppin help? <laughs> We're assigning this to him. He's going to do it. I mean... So, what exactly do you say to Cleffin? Well, I mean, we... I, I don't know he if Cleffin's there. We, we explain the situation with our good man, Crucio, and we... How does he respond to that? Just us laying it out. Like, how benevolent, benevolent is he now? Cleffin he says... To get home at some point. He says, so you wish me to join you in the Underdark? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an important job for you. He says, I feared that was the case. He says... He says, I will do it. It is my duty. I have much experience. It is what I trained much of my life to do. My father always told me that I would have to uh, that I would have to put up with much of the unpleasant parts of leading a country, and this will be good practice at the least. Brandon says Anyone can, can do it. You can screw you. it up and there will be no consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Consider this like a dry run for when you eventually take over Ilgarth again. I mean he says, you know, I kind of like that. <laughs> he says, he says yes. zero risk. He says, I think I'll try some radical new things. And then he starts <laughs> talking to himself and he starts to get really excited. Damon says, take the Genasi brothers with you. They seem like level-headed kids and uh, maybe they can help. Oh my god. They are in earshot and they just look crestfallen when you say this. Yeah. And they say, our place is here on the airship. He says, uh, what, what plans do you have over the next several months? He says, uh, they say, to work with Kaz. He says, we don't just, what do you think we did over the last two months? He says, we didn't spend all our time here. He says, we gathered uh, many supplies for the airship. Have you not seen the improvements? And they just start, like, explaining things that they've been doing. Damon says, I only thought that Clethen might need someone who he knows and trusts to have his back. That's you, not Grosh. Clearly. Immediately, the two Genasi brothers... Get just a Rochambeau match. And then one of them just goes, Argh! and he just walks over to Clef and he says, I will accompany you. <laughs> Alright, no? There's no way we send Grosh into a library. Like, literally, he would just he crush worked. the place from the inside out. Like, the outside would look like this. But it would just be Grosh inside breaking things. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just, we're just giving away, like, the defenses of the airship? I mean, there haven't been any, any attacks for a long time, and there still is Grosh in the ship. But we're back. What do you mean? I'm assuming attacks are going to start up again. I mean, no one's asked at all anything about that. But we're back. We kind of attract trouble. Hey, Damon's doing his thing like he always does. Like, if we got a problem, you interject. You up the inseparable twins. That's your thing. Hey, I asked them both to go, and they're like, we're going to Rochambeau and leave. Whatever, man. Brothers got to be brothers. Gotta be brothers. Okay, fair enough. I mean, you know. But now... Hey, one goes rock, other goes scissors. I mean... <laughs> That's the way it goes. Shit. They all, they didn't one say of them always goes rock, and one of them always goes scissors. I, I mean, they knew what they were getting into. Rochambeau. Well, Brandon's, I mean... I always lose. I mean, it's a great point to bring up. <laughs> is this place getting torn apart of the seams while we're gone? Yeah, Brandon says, uh, have you had any attacks since we have left? I say, no, not a one. He says, well, I guess we're just hoping that stays that way. Well, let's see, we're out free now. They say, I think you staying in disguise was a good idea. Okay, good. All right. Let's go to Deep Mascar where he's sure to not notice us invade. Well, we'll be there instead of on the ship, so that kind of helps. Wait, so who are we leaving behind? Just Grosh and one of the Genasi brothers? 
And Kaz, Kaz Dunlin. Yeah. The amazing. On his own. I'm comfortable. He's like Brandis's. We don't have anyone else on the ship, huh? Frida's gone. Zahar, Heptos, Colbin are coming with us. Oh, man. Clefton's to be a bureaucrat with a single genetic brother. Might just have Kaz stick kind of close to Skyclave, too. Yeah, that's true. Don't send him off, and then Clefton will be nearby. Yeah. What? I mean, Uh, Kaz, what is... Kaz can work with the trade routes. That way, if the rest of the... Uh, Oh, there we go. Yeah, you can help with the trade routes. Kaz. Uh, Ren asks... Uh, Ren asked around when they were walking back and retconning a little bit uh, what the status of the portals were here in Skyclave. They were shut down. Which portals? Last week's Any portals. Are there the ones at the top of Skyclave? Yeah, the go down there was a permanent teleportation circle, but it was in the upper half. And the portal to Deepa Mascar has uh, long been non functioning. Yeah. So it's still non functioning. Don't you just have to know like, the sequence thing to teleport to a certain uh, established portal? Unless someone like you takes a rock out. It. You have to know the sequence. And I was thinking specifically that if there was a portal here, or maybe I could make one, oh, no, I'm just saying we'd be able to get back. If it's easy, sometime, well, if it's worth, make one. it's worth a shot, if it's easy. But you could cut off someone's here. finger who's here and bring it with you in case she's willing to teach you that ritual, if that's Holy how that works. What I mean is, we should try sometime, <laughs> if we ever just have some downtime. We've got a lot of corpses in the planar pocket. Just take a finger. To try dialing... The, the portal the You bury them all there Can I Quickly yeah. Mechanics wise Can I make a portal Within the planar pocket A te- uh, teleportation circle I think we've always Gone for me no. Yeah Yeah, yeah. No? Oh. So that then We can essentially Always teleport Back to the Planar pocket And then step out Onto the airship Yeah, yeah. Be the same as Creating a permanent Teleportation circle On the airship how long Maybe we don't make a circle. No, we're here. I don't know. Wait, how long is it going to circle? We sneak. We sneak a snake. An hour. Well, we um, so that. let's do that then. Do so we Ren... check in on the guy in the Lantern District? Because he... I don't the Lantern District from the top half. Ren's going to yeah. make a teleportation circle on the airship. He talks Ren to Kaz wants... to find out where a good place to do it is. And... Does it. Good. Where do you do it? For your airship. Kaz says, well, well, I don't want to play for it. Yeah, it seems like so. Where where do you, it's your, yeah, where are you going to put it? There's the armory, there's like the galley, there's the, you can repurpose the bedroom, this takes a Yeah, there's the stables, we have our mounts, we got the cruise rooms, we got. That's true. Ren goes to Frida's room. And goes makes it stuff. in Frida's room, and they also gather gear and food and everything that they could possibly need and fit in one room, room, sticks it in the room, and then he makes a teleportation circle, locks the door behind him. So that if they need to, he can make a teleportation circle, go in there, Hugh sticks a bunch of arrows, I would assume. Um, Ren sticks... Are you planning on, like, not leaving the room when we teleport back? We need to. We can just gear up. Well, no, but the halflings are kind of... Thievery? I'm not sure about that. (laughs) Grosh throws them over the edge. And you think a lock is going to keep them out? You know what? Fuck off. It's my, it's my flavor, and I'm doing what I want. We locked the goddamn door. All right, well, you're just making comments while we're, like, collecting stuff and putting it in this room. It's like, I don't 
know if this is a great idea, but you're like, we're doing it. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Exactly. <laughs> uh, here are the mechanics God, of the Create Teleportation Circle. It's going to cost 1,000 gold per square filled by the Teleportation Circle. So in order to get an adequately big one, you're probably going to want to go at least Four. nine squares in order to be able to get all of you through. Three by three? Yeah. Wait, can't we go through one at a time? Okay. Uh, you can, but it's harder to keep the portal open. Yeah, go nine. Nine, nine grand, whatever. You gotta get 20 grand. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stingy. I'm not stingy. I mean, because that way you can bring a horse. However, to... it also costs you five healing surges to create the teleportation circle. And what? every 24 hours, you must expend a healing surge to sustain the teleportation circle. It is not permanent. Is that what Frida was doing all the time? You do not need to see or even be on the same plane to sustain the effect. If the ritual's effect is sustained without interruption for one year and a day, the teleportation circle becomes permanent. Ugh, so many healing surges. <laughs> Damn uh, Because of our modified extended rest system, it means one, one surge uh, every... Um, per extended rest. Per extended rest. Well, one of those also the healing surge guys can... Maybe looking at it. I'm really long. Well, we can also like just spread <laughs> the healing surge love around. Mm-hmm. Maybe creating a teleportation circle. I don't know. That's yeah. a lot. It'll get us back fast. I mean, it's a way to get back fast, which I, I mean. Considering we only have four months. I'm all about that. Like, I really hope. I'm really worried that we're gonna like use the corpse gate thing and like it oh appears us. Like right next to her dead body, and it's like a note that says like suckers, and then we're just like, oh, she was a plant. <laughs> One way trip to Nowheresville. Guess how long it takes to get out? Four months. She is dangling from a rope over a bottomless cavern. <laughs> She's like, you teleported. Didn't it seem too good to be true? Why'd you follow me? So it's. I want. Damon requests some ritual assistance from Ren. Two functions. Okay. One, the uh, discussion earlier about summoning steeds very much piques his interest because every time he he we le- seem to be leaving lately, it's under fucking ground. And he won't bring Kalar in the ground for like two months. So he's like, Master Ren, is there any way possibly that you can adapt your your summoning rituals to uh to my beloved steed that I may be able to see her and even fight with her perhaps during our time underground. So you're basically wanting to summon Kalar. There is a summon Steve ritual. It's not that high level. Then Ren says I could probably work something like that out. Yes. Second Give me level. a few minutes to think about it. It's low enough level that you have it automatically. Okay. Level six. Awesome. You tune yourself to a single non-hostile creature that has the mount keyword. The creature must be present for the entire ritual. At any time in the future, you can summon the creature in an adjacent space as a minor action, at which time the ritual is discharged. But you're the one to cast so it's it. So it's, one, it's a one-time yeah. use. It's a one-time use. It costs 75 gold. So. Oh. <laughs> it, doesn't it, do. it doesn't take him back, though. It doesn't take him back, no. But that's fine. I mean, basically this is an emergency. Is there a banished deed ritual? <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. speed back in... Put well, speed back in the closet. Perhaps you can put it back in the, through the portal. And yeah. Into portal, which you'll just shove it through. Yeah. Just saying, I think we should dial the Skyclave uh, teleport circle just to see what happens. Not a bad idea. I have one more request, though, for Ren, really quick. Can and I that's in one transfer piece, yeah. an enchantment. Do we want to end up where it is? From my sword to my bow. Okay. Done. Okay. It's a short kill. That is exceptionally easy for Ren to do because he is a smart cookie. 
and it doesn't even take very long. Yeah. yeah. He just kind of like takes them. He takes the uh, weapons and he holds them in both of his hands, and you see kind of a an arc of light just jump, kind of like a spark jump from one to the other. And he hands it back. It's a there you go. See the uh, the bow renewed strength and some of that spark that you that I saw during the transition remains enchanted in the bow. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Brandis, you were saying? Um, just, you know. That's what, that's what I've been in. Yeah, I doubt it'll that work, That would almost but... be too easy. Hey, we just got a finger bone that says this will take you where you need to go. Mm. Fair enough. Brandis... Down for trying that, see what happens. Shortcut to a wrath. How much does Here's dialing a gate cost? Excellent. Uh, Link's portal. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not very much. Yeah, Blade just we have like it. half a million like now. It's not that we have a lot of gold. Yeah. Okay. Let's see, it. Let's see yeah, who's on the other end. 135 gold. So, first things first, Ren yes. goes up to the deck with Daemon, who calls down Kalar, and he does the binding. Amazing. And then Jesus. they go. Uh, he goes and begins to. Well, he says, "Okay, so wait. Do we want to go and check out the portal right now? Like, do you want me to try dialing that right now? Let's do it. You try. It fails. Damn it. Moving on. I really didn't want that to be an oversight. No, it's good. So, hey, peace of mind. I'll see. I'll see better. No. Way. Corpse gate. Elven fingerbone. Jeez. We have all the gear that we want. Is there anything else that we need to get while we're here? Because coming I'm going to refill my stock of healing potions because I was down to one again. Nice. Back up to five. However much that costs. Five. Buy four. Not that much. I like them. I think I, I want to buy the superior ones. The ones that give you more healing. What are the ones now? Give you ten. Ren. Sorry. The superior ones. Yeah, they're better yeah. ones. They're basically... Give you like 20 instead of 10. Yeah. Whoa! As Ren is walking along the... We got money, why not spend it? ...trade area, whatever, when we're buying stuff, he sees a shop that has a dagger in it that's not necessarily that cool-looking of a dagger. It's a very simple, not-elegant-looking dagger, but for some reason it appeals to him, and it costs nothing. Let's say it costs like 10 silver, because it's really not that... It's a, letter, it's a letter opener. Yeah, right. and he just he buys it because it appeals to him for some reason, and he takes it and tucks it into his waistband and continues on his way. Amazing, rent shopping. I suppose that just happens now and then. We just yeah, picked up. We actually buy things. Brandis buys some frozen white stones. Yeah, a thousand. <laughs> no, ten thousand. <laughs> ten thousand. Oh, like five. Oh, we're so poor now. <laughs> See, she gets healing potions. I get whetstones. 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 Alright. Plus two cool damage. Yeah. It's cool. Always good to have. You should have a whetstone of every kind. That's so, just silly. So you're heading down? Or you're. Or you attempt to cast the uh, corpse gate ritual and fall in the bottomless pit? This well, ritual we, makes Aurora very uncomfortable. Are we making a ritual is, uh, on the boat then? I guess so. No better rich- place, yeah, right? A circle on the boat? No, the yeah. teleportation circle, making that with the five surges yeah. and the oh, one yeah. surge a day for a year. Yeah, we're making that. Uh, okay. Are you doing it? I, have, I don't know. I, I mean, have that's... twelve surges, so I can I can donate 
Well, how does that work with the surge of day? Is that amongst the group or against the guys casting? It's against red. Well, it's against the caster, but, but I, I have can, the ritual that lets us go and divvy up our healing surges. Yeah, too. although it costs a surge every time we do that. So uh, it'd be. I mean, how many surges do you rock? Like I currently have six. Well, no, because I we got six. Center, so I have seven. Seven total. Oh, um, so basically just reduces you to six. I have twelve. Huh. So Except always... for right now, I left two. Well, you no, because you can ten. split that one up. I didn't know you had that many. Whoever assists in the ritual. Can I've got two items to give me an extra healing surge. Nice. I'll go down. I'll go down from nine to eight, eight for two as yeah, well. Yeah, so I guess well, we default I have four, six. Just decide how many surges everyone's throwing in. I'm throwing in one. I have, I have a lot. How many? If we all throw in one, then we can do it. You throw in two. I'll throw in two. Okay, so then that's the that's all of them for casting it and and maintaining this, it. I will no, maintain, maintain it. Maintain is him, and that's the next extended okay. rest. Okay, so everyone, you throw in two. Everyone Ren throws throw in none. Mm-hmm. Throw in none. I'll keep throwing none. Okay. Okay. Done. Done. Right. Ouch. Okay. Two healing surges is a lot of vitality. Nice. Dude, everyone just has to pull out a tooth. <laughs> you have to pull out two by tooth. yourself. Portal takes the ritual takes an hour to cast. Sigils. What does Ren's rip portal circle like? Look like? Yeah, does it burn the sigils into the yeah, ground? Yeah, what's your or? portal like? Yeah, this is your sure. signature. This teleportation very signature. This is it stupid looking. <laughs> is, is it, it a big small? smiley face? These aren't like. Stop giving ideas. Yeah, call. <laughs> Except you can keep feeding them to me. That's okay. Um, when he does this, they kind of like the um, the runes that you saw that you guys. Just noticed for a brief moment on the scroll when the nightmare was summoned. Uh, Red actually scorches these into whatever he, uh, whatever he, wherever he puts the teleportation circle. And they don't just, he doesn't just cast the ritual and they appear there. He actually, his hands glow red with fire and he actually draws them into the wood or the stone or whatever. He burns it in. In a in a huge, I mean, a nine by nine square is huge, and that's why it takes him an hour. Room. Is because he has to actually go through these these sigils are only like this big, you know. So it takes him a long time to go draw all of these out, and uh, when he does so, just to sketch them. The room kind of has kind of a, a, a haze in it with the smoke from all of the, the burning that he was doing. And as you look, you can see every once in a while. When you're not looking at it out of the corner of your eye, you see one of them kind of flash a little bit red, almost like like a coal that you've blown on, and it begins to glow. Mm. But when you look at it, it's just black. But then another one starts over here, and you look at that, yeah. but it's just black. Peripheral glowing. Mm. What does it feel like to go through your portal? Is it physically painful? No. Mm. Good. Because no, that, would that would actually hurt me as well, and I am not about that. Okay. Didn't know if it was like uncomfortably, like, a little like, but then you're okay. Okay. No, it's just but like we're going not through, using that right now. It's right? like going putting through, hot wax on your skin. It's like going through any other form. Because, like I said, it's just a portal. Ren would have to go through that portal too, and he doesn't like to get hurt, so he doesn't make painful ones. Good. It's like a, I mean, okay. it's it's, it's weird. a circle, not a portal. Yeah. Yes. Whatever. But when yeah. you go through, when you create when it the turns portal. into a yeah. portal. Yes. Yeah. I'm just think. Do you memorize it the? Slowly drains your life. The thing. Force. Yeah. Sigils. Yeah. Constantly. Oh, they're Ren sigils. I know, but do you memorize them, though? I already know. Okay. I just drew them. I'm just saying. Did I just come up with seven numbers too? that I might not remember. <laughs> they're not your numbers. <laughs> Alright. The way that I six, picture six, this... Six, the way six, that I picture six, this six. is that... Wait, can I have as many... 
teleportation circles as I want as long as I can maintain them with healing surges. Yeah. So the way that this works, they're not numbers. It's just the runes that I wrote. It says, if you could actually read it, it says something. It's it's cooler written than this, but it essentially says Ren's teleportation circle to the Frida's room in Thunderstrike. <laughs> but in badass, like, hieroglyphics, like... Yes. Banksy did this shit in, like... But he decides right. not to go and do them, like, like, numbers, because that's way too hard to remember. So he has decided to just dumb it down. They make convention first. Yes. So that's a three-symbol code? He basically got to choose his own phone number, and he did 555-REN. <laughs> so what did he All right. All fives for Ren. You guys... You seem to not take into consideration how much I've got going on in here. Yeah. That the little details get le- overlooked sometimes. So I have to keep these things. Hey, actually, it seems don't. to make a lot of sense to not drive yourself crazy. But oh. on the outside, we have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, you really don't. You think that it's in some amazingly awesome and dark <laughs> hellfire cr- language. Hugh is Corrupt totally impressed. From the he can't tell the difference. He's like, and wow. Diablo. Wow. All right. Magic. Cool. Yeah, magic. Right. Yeah, secretly thanking his lucky stars that Arath and Frida aren't here to see just how dumbed down his sigils are. See, this is, you're this the is, coolest see, this is, on the ship. This is his first time he's ever done it, so he's like, Arath, okay, Arath let's give it a go. trying to guess your teleportation number, and he keeps overthinking it. He's like, oh, it's going to be like some crazy like algorithm. Nah, no way would it just be 555 five, five, random. It's <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then the corpse portal. Is that what you guys are doing right now? Yeah, we're doing the corpse portal right so now. So you've sent Clethen off to go assist Cusio? Yeah, with the Nyazi brother. You fetched uh, Heptos and uh, Zahar? Yeah, Colvin's up there too. We're all going. I would ask which two Nyazi brothers. Zahar looks excited. He has like a big grin on his face. That he's like, really excited. Doesn't really he's like, I hope there's some drought on there. God damn it. Speaking of drought, I've got a funny story to tell you a little bit later. And then the portal begins. <laughs> yeah, the blood portal. He says, I'd love to hear it. Oh, I'm going to love telling it. <laughs> and with that, Ren turns around and takes the bone and holds Does it in the his scroll hand. Thing. And as he's reading the scroll, he kind of looks at it, puzzled a little bit, and looks blood, up. Blood, 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 and then... Smashes the bone on the deck and Blood. continues to read. Is that, is that oh. part of it? <laughs> it said smash whatever body part you're using. It works. He, that's why he looked at it weird. It was like, and as he does so, the the kind of dust, uh, the you know bone dust that comes up from it starts to form and just float in the air with a similar pattern that you had seen once time before, except it was blood coming out of the chest cavity of your allies. Dead bodies in a raining courtyard. And you see as it forms more and more. You can go ahead and describe what it looks like. Uh, It forms more and more, this cloud. And it circles around. And you would think, I mean, it it fills everywhere that we are. It's all around us. And you'd think you would just be choking on the... I mean, it's like smoke and ash. You can't taste anything. Actually, it tastes kind of meaty. No. Maybe I didn't brush my teeth. You can't taste anything. You would think that you would start choking. And that you wouldn't be able to breathe, but it's it's nothing. It's as if it doesn't even it's not even there. And suddenly, an illusion. It all just <laughs> coalesces in one circle above the ground where I had smashed the bone into one. It almost kind of looks like 
like a hurricane, the clouds with the eye in the center, but, you know, turned this way, yes. of just smoke spinning around in circles. Oh, boy. Ren says, says, let's go. Roll your arcane check. Da, 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 da. Assist. Roll it, roll it, roll it. I, I, success. I succeeded on my assist. 35. Plus 2. It lasts for three rounds. Dude, this dice... Killing it. It's treating me right. That's good to know. He, the witch was really rocking your can't check. Wow, you can... Alright. Yeah. Three rounds. You can tell the portal will only last for a matter of seconds. Running through that thing. Damn it. <laughs> Superman dive. With the swords drawn. Let's go, Zahar. And Hephthos. Well, I don't know this, very well. This guy but better be able to take care of himself. Yeah. He seems hardy enough. What's Coleman look like? Coleman looks like, I mean, he's about six feet tall, but I mean, even though he may look, he he looks like a little bit skinnier than kind of like your average adult Goliath, and a little bit a little bit smaller. But that's just because of his youthful form at the time of his transformation. He is, he has chiseled muscles, and I use the word chiseled because. A lot of his skin looks like rock. He wears no boots, and his feet, as it comes into contact with the earth at different times, causes a discolor, a different coloration or a changing coloration in the tone of his skin. The patches, uh, the normal kind of colored patches on Goliath's uh, normal kind of physique, a normal Goliath's physique, do exist. But rather than it being kind of like patches of kind of like greater pigment on the skin, it's actually patches that look like earth or stone. Overlaid on kind of like a, a kind of a, a deep brown colored uh, skin that he has, his eyes are probably the most defining feature, um, especially since he doesn't talk much and his face is kind of generally a, a, uh, in a serious expression. His eyes kind of like remind you of kind of like flickering, uh, like a flickering candlelight, kind of deep in, into a dark cave. If you're standing at the entrance and looking in, the kind of like these flickering lantern eyes that just that just kind of like flash subtly uh, at times. And uh, he carries with him, um, other than kind of like some, other than kind of like the the barest like leather armor that he's that he's kind of collected from the armory. He carries with him a large spear. No, halberd. No spear. No spear with a halberd. No halberd spear. Wields yes. a man's arm. <laughs> All right. Great. Do I get that piece of foil up by your feet? Stepping through. The portal. You feel a squishy substance underneath your feet as you realize you have stepped out into the open chest cavity of some sort of humanoid as the other side of the ritual is a similar scene that you had seen not two nights before or 300 years before. And Ren gets out and says, huh forgot about that part. You step out into it, and uh, looking back, you see the mostly mutilated body of what was most likely a drow. Oh, yeah. was, well, I guess drow or elf. Time to clean off a shahi. I think we just got a corpse. <laughs> it was already dead, I think. Corpse can only work on a dead target. However, Ushahi is, <laughs> is most pleased that we just mutilated the shit out of it. You do. You feel kind of the the warm presence of Ushehi, which for the most part is kind of stays very subtle in your mind, just not enough to gain concordance, but definitely this sort of pleasing feeling that, yes, that is a fitting purpose for a drow to be used. I mean, it's basically being used as, like, furniture. It's like, it's a teleportation circle. It's a fixture. 
You basically just used a drow as like a table. Does Ushahi ever get confused about what we're doing? Because like we're kind of all over the place. Like, what are these guys up to now? Like, they're gone. They're on amazing adventures. I can't tell where they are because they're three hundred years ago. Well, and also it sounds like Zahar would go up to the surface, but spend a lot of his time in the Underdark. So like, he had a lot better record of us, no doubt. Yeah, but like we're spending a lot of time like out in the rest of the world's like. I don't know. Hey, we're going Ushe- out. Ushehi is home now. Hey, perception check. Feeling good. Where are we? In a cave. 25. Under the dark. History check. Dungeoneering check. Yeah. Domino okay. effective rules. 31. Was that the same corpse gate spell? You are definitely cast? in the depths of the Underdark. 42. Where in the Underdark? Uh, you are in a cavern that appears... Uh, you're in, like, a, a very small cavern that appears to possibly have been carved out, uh, most likely by some sort of magical source that's kind of bored a little hole. Clearly, uh, and looking around, you notice that there is a second corpse right next to the first one, similarly Ugh. mutilated. Oh. Oh. Huh. Number two. Dude, these teeth are... Mascar 1 and 2. They're not, they're not supposed to be evil, but they, they really look evil all the time. <laughs> we sure are looking kind of evil. And you see that this this little tunnel was most likely carved out to create a safe location to place these bodies. For as you come through, you see an illusionary wall that you... Uh, that from your side you can oh, easily tell is false, and as you step through and look back, back, it looks here. like just a flush part of uh, just easy. some tunnel in the Underdark. Huh. Hmm. Very smart. We need to it's kill close. a drow, okay. stuff his body here, and keep the finger. Use corpse gate. Number three. Except I don't actually know corpse gate. We yeah, used we don't it know it. Well, we you, you could keep the finger and do it later. Give the finger to someone. We should just keep fingers all the time, just in case we find someone who can cast it. I don't know if I well, like this. Silence. Damon keeps scales and stuff. I do keep so a lot of scales. We could from go all the dragons that we've slain. We I don't want to go back to those places. And one that we chased away. <laughs> but I'm just saying, all we, these we places can... are useless to us and dangerous and unpleasant. Or way too low level. Did you keep a piece of the Earthquake Dragon? Uh, we never. We didn't defeat it. I know, but did you? No. Because you also didn't defeat the Drake Lich, which you did keep a piece we of. We drove it off. We made, we we drove it off. Oh, and so I, you were victorious. Yeah, we were victorious. Not, didn't kill it, but you were victorious. Yeah, we were victorious. Every successful victorious. Whatever you need to tell yourself to make up for the fact that, that one's sort of a Vietnam That's what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might change it later. <laughs> I, mean, I shot a piece of the Dracula. All right, with jaw. your check, kind of getting your bearings, looking down a couple ways, uh, just as Hugh is about to say, we're, Zahar just says, Deep Mask goes this way. Amazing. And Ren's man crush on Which is what Hugh is about to say. I yeah. can just see Hugh going like, okay. You're and he like, way. Well, I mean, you have to be willing to give up the home field advantage. He just, it's like it's like using my major things. I'm able to determine that I am here. He's like, yeah, I walk past you every day. Yeah. <laughs> this is the grocery store. <laughs> How I get to work. Using my amazing My work powers being killing drow. I killed Drow over there. I killed <laughs> from nine to five. <laughs> Jenny. Uh, Slay! Hickam moves back that way about three weeks. All right. I mean, Zahar's in front. How close? <laughs> how far are we Why from Deepa Master? He says. He says mm, half day's travel. Have you ever been there? He says I've been nearby. Uh, 
So it, I'm just wondering if it's particularly. He says their people are not particularly welcoming. Yeah. How not particularly welcoming? Like shoot on sight, kind of not welcoming. He or says, sort surely of like you've heard shoulder? the stories. They were isolationists for thousands of years, lived in a bubble. Could they keep literally? You, says, could they keep you out? Me? Could they? That's what I'm asking. He just walks. He doesn't even answer. He says, "I'll show you." <laughs> yeah, since if a wrath has been here, they're going to be less friendly than usual. Or Unless they're in on it. More friendly if they're like, please save us from this oh. demigod. Maybe. So they're either going to be more or less or the same friendliness as before. <laughs> well, we've covered the bases. <laughs> well done, Brandis. <laughs> this is why Brandis can never remember it. <laughs> I'd really consider to have them start writing stuff down, but it's not his way. Traveling through the Underdark, half a day, not too bad. It is Hugh who notices. Zahar is kind of like, you know, always looking around, watching for tracks, always just kind of watching his back. He clearly is used to the dangerous places of the Underdark and has, uh, uh, he doesn't look like a man who can be snuck up on. But Hugh notices tracks on the ground. Appear to be fairly fresh tracks, several footsteps nearby. Still the tracks? Could be. Uh, what's the build of the person who left these tracks? Did they have a tail? Like big person tracks, little person tracks, humanoid tracks. Tail. This would be a tail tracks. Red hair. <laughs> Follow <laughs> tracks, but determine the person who made the tracks. That'd probably be an eight. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven. It's a gay person. Can tell definitely a few drow or a few drow. So Zahar so just inadvertently like, he lost the train of thought. He just automatically starts stalking drow. He's like, oh yeah, right, deep mascar. Sorry, got sidetracked. Uh, how recent did the tracks look? Within the last half hour, uh, there are drow nearby. Always in the undertow. Ren cracks his neck and says, "Game time. Time to hone my skills." Ungent of darkness. Uh, Ren looks to Zahar and says, Shall we have a contest? He he looks back and then you see him just disappear into the shadows. Damn it. Ren. <laughs> As Ren and you can like, just barely see him following the tracks. Ren immediately books oh it along the tracks. We're getting a little distracted. Probably right. messing up half of them and now they're unreadable. <laughs> Well, you know where Ren's been. <laughs> huh, I'll follow these Ren tracks. They will surely lead to Zahar. What's everyone else doing? Colbin sensing vibrations of creatures moving far in the distance. Slowly plods off behind Ren. Damon falls in tow. Brandis continues walk, walks with the group, but doing the sword out. That. That face. Zahar tries to catch up with Ren. <laughs> Because he's not usually supposed to be in front. <laughs> well, he got a little too comfortable in Zavis's body. Who, well, incidentally, not, he part was also very think. fragile. Yeah, he was huge, but as being huge, it's like shooting the broad side of a barn. <laughs> Once putting a uh, yeah, you can invisible now. Wow, I forgot his name. Side of a broad. Who's our guy? Zahar. That's one. Once putting him on the trail, he was fairly confident he can probably follow it. So he's bringing up the rear. Knowing that the last time they encountered Drow, they tended to get hit from the rear. So he's making sure that doesn't yeah. happen again. After the unfriendliness of the Underdark, people seem awfully comfortable here. So he's sort of keeping Brandis company as he does his sort of 
searching the shadow sword wander. This is nothing. What? Go ahead. Uh, no, I was I was gonna. As Ren and Aurora, keeping up the front, kind of running forward, all of a sudden, you see Zahar appear almost immediately just in front of you as he just holds his hands, and he gives the shh sign. She transfers the shh behind her. Crisis. Everyone shut up. And then he just gives a signal like they're around the corner. Like how many? Does he signal how many? Uh... He's, you know, he he signals. Uh, he's saying, you know, at least five. Still have check. Uh, Are we killing these twenty-five? Yeah. I mean, Zahara's like they a yes, obviously. Are we yeah. killing them? Well, I don't know. I mean, are we gonna like? I don't know. Take them to lunch. I think the more important question is, how far are we getting sidetracked? I think the more important question is, how many more drow will Ren be able to kill than? Everyone else. Well, there are only five of them, or more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they're just drowned, they're off wandering somewhere. I don't really care. It's I mean, a bunch if of they're after us, or they know something, then maybe, day. sure, that'd be worth something. Like, but they're on a field trip. Well, look, this competition got came out of nowhere, and now we're doing it. It's like, well, your your sword gets a drow concordance. We want concordance. Our sword and killing. I mean, for all, Ren could easily blame Mushehi on this whole adventure anyway. I just feel like I want someone to at least tell me we'll kill the drought, then we'll go save the yes, world. Yes, then we'll... Like, yeah. I feel like... As you all, um, as you all kind of just rush towards this, you realize that... You realize that in your head, you know, you all sort of felt, immediately when you thought of the drought, you went, yeah, let's go get him. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden <laughs> as you're running and, and like starting to think about it and, and maybe these kind of doubts come up like wait no we have a goal to do oh, but this will be really quick you realize that this first impulse wasn't exactly your own and that this the Ushehi always there as pun live drow targets being located didn't you know overpower your uh, thoughts but half an hour ago it was definitely <laughs> definitely there and now you kind of realize what has happened but you're very close to the drought now, so... Yeah, and Ren... Yeah, it's game time. Ren, oh, after he figured this out, was like, fuck it, and ran with it. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Game time. By okay. the higher powers, Ren is easily swayed. So are you trying to sneak up on him? Yeah. Oh, Let's God, nobody sneaks up on a drought. Uh, like, 25. Or just stays still. That's her only way of sneaking. It's not moving. Yeah, Ren is not uh, judging. He's waiting for... Somebody had spotted before he charges them. Yeah, he will stealth up with Damon. And it'd be Zahara if we're going the stealth group in first or something. Stealth group for the sneak 33. attack, and then everyone else comes in for the cleanup. It's more of a stealth bomb. Hugh. Can't even see the guy. Same with Zahar. The man is a Shadar Kai. Lives in the shadows. Um, Damon. Didn't do the best. He kicked a rock. Yeah. Kicked a rock. As you peer around the corner, you see some winding, twisting ways, and you do indeed, indeed see the drow there. They're joined by other creatures that come walking around the corner. Some short. They look a bit familiar. Dwargar? How do you say those? You see Dwargar. Dwargar. You have seen before. Dwargar. Dwargar. Several of them. Ugly dwarves. Seven or eight of them. Just kind of walking by the drow. 
And when first looking, you see that something seems a bit off about all of them. As the Jorgar walk by the drow, the drow would normally, you know, perhaps have them under tighter control, you know, because they they use them as um, slaves. Uh, But in this case, you know, they're just kind of walking by and not really paying attention to each other. Huh. He rolls a nature check to see if he can determine if these people are acting normally. 23. Not that amazing, but yeah. What'd you get? 23. There's definitely something off about them. Ren rolls... The drow or the dwarver? Both. Ren rolls an arcana check to see if there is some higher power here that might be controlling them and... What'd you get? Doing something. 21. Oh. Not bad on a two, though. I'll also roll an answer <laughs> check then. Since you didn't do that, that's just my guess. Uh, that much better. 24. Ten. The Drow and the Dorgar, they sort of split up and just start kind of walking different directions. Look at those wandering, perhaps looking for something. None of them look your direction. It appears that they haven't Good. noticed you. And uh, some of them start moving. The Drow uh, or the Dorgar? Both uh, kind of sp- each split a little bit, moving around. Maybe we could like snatch up a drow at a time if they're not paying attention. Yeah, they seem kind of absent-minded. Uh, Damon looks to Master Drow Hunter Zahar to see to see if he's going. He's about to make a move. Like he's surprised that Zahar hasn't jumped in to kill him immediately. What's uh? Well, that's a little bit larger group. Uh, Zahar, you know, Zahar just kind of, just the quietest whisper, he says, something's wrong. Okay. Um, then Damon just kind of, like, gives a hand motion for, like, to wait to see if something develops. If they, if they, that they might reveal what, what exactly is going on here. So describe exactly how you guys are hidden, you know, kind of in an, maybe an ambush type situation. Or it's behind a rock. Yeah, you guys, I figured the people who aren't stealthing and kind of She's just way a ways back down the hallway, you know, not even getting close to where the three you guys uh, yeah. And I'm front of just kind of like keep an eye out, but mainly listening for once combat starts, then we run in. Yeah. So describe how you're hidden. Damon uh, just uses his, uh, his abilities of flight to literally like to float up to the ceiling and then invert himself hanging behind a stalagmite. On the ceiling. Uh, Hugh's ability to sort of detect his surroundings makes it fairly easy to tell when he's not moving very well with it. So uh, he's able to sort of blend his movements and uh, his breathing and whatnot with the ambient sounds that exist, what there is, and uh, he just kind of uses the shadows to sort of obscure his and it's, he kind of uses his cloak whenever he's kind of hiding to sort of, I don't know, not look like a body sitting there, but just maybe an outcropping of rock or something. Yes. Alright. And Zahar is one with the dark. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Zahar, you heard him whisper, but you realize you don't even, not exactly sure where the whisper came from. And you spent enough time with this guy that you've realized that he kind of has a, a way of kind of being able to almost appear to be in two places at once. Ventriloquists. And you realize if you don't know where he is, that's for the better. They probably don't. Yeah, no doubt. Alright. 
They walk. They come around the corner a tad. Three of you guys far enough, uh, far enough away. As you see the other ones kind of moving in this direction as well. Moving directly under where Daleman is, but not seeming to notice you guys at all. Just kind of walking absent-minded. And then... Suddenly, and without notice... You see them turn their weapons directly up at Daleman as they, uh, as some of them shoot and throw weapons up towards him, clearly having seen where he was, and then stepping from around the corner. You see a creature wearing deep black robes step around as the tentacles coming from its mouth writhe around uh. as it looks up towards Daemon. And you see this mind flare is hungry. We'll continue next week. Awesome. Ah!